Howdy, y'all, and welcome to Liberty Libations number 61. Joined as usual by Alden Hardy, Nick Soselski, and Zane Placey. Nick, welcome back for the first time in a very long time for a full show. Yeah, it's been a while. Nerd meetings finally have gone back to every other week, so we're doing nice. pretty good. There we go. All right, what are you drinking tonight, Nick? Uh, made some mead. All right. So, <laughs> bottle. So what I actually did on this one was, because I'm trying to experiment with it, I actually made three gallons, and it's the same honey in it and everything, but uh, I just used different yeasts in each one of them. So that's, a, that's quite a bit of meat. What I, Are you testing for flavor or ABV? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to see, well, ABV and flavor and just kind of mm -hmm. get a good feeling on maybe what to use going in the future for certain things. Nice. Interesting. Interesting. All right, Alden, what are you drinking? Uh, nothing that cool. Uh, Tom Collins, but with hibiscus syrup, so it's a purple Tom Collins. All right, all right. Zane, what do you got going on? Well, in honor of our third show topic of the night, I figured I'd make myself a Moscow mule. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, uh, I'm drinking our unofficial sponsor for the night, which is Rabbit Eye Wine. Um, thank you, Mr. Will Bell. Got that at convention this year. Who All might right, be having well, a kid right now? What's that? And he might be hopping in live. Uh, he's might be having a kid right now and might hop in live from the delivery room. Oh, let's let's hope he doesn't. Let's yeah. pray <laughs> that that doesn't happen tonight. <laughs> All right, Joe. Is he having what a up? kid though? What up, Grumpy? Is he that part true kid, at least? Yeah, he said that sometime this week, but it might be tonight the way things are looking. So. Gosh, I hope he's playing our podcast in the delivery room. <laughs> he's coming the, on. That could be the first thing that his child hears. I mean, <laughs> listening to Zane talk about man, economy, and state, I can't think of anything better. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta start him young. Um, well, y'all, uh, for anybody out there who wants to learn more about the Libertarian Party of Georgia, go to lpgeorgia.com. Um, but we have something else to promote tonight. Mr. Zach Barnell, let's put that up on screen. Shane Hazel, call to action. If you ever thanked anyone for their service, we need you to take some action and let the Georgia senators know. This is about defend the guard. Um, Zach, you want to speak to it and tell people how to do this? <laughs> Basically, defend the guard has been introduced by Colton Moore in the Georgia Senate here. And its first stop is the interstate cooperation committee because that's a thing <laughs> and colton chairs that but then these four uh senators here are on the committee so it needs to get out of here to even make it to a vote so we're encouraging people to please contact these senators uh call these numbers and just tell them that you're in favor of defend the guard sb 462 and uh, you know tell them your thoughts on that um, and the, for anyone just listening, these senators are Donzella James, Emmanuel Jones, Jason Estevez, and Freddie Powell Sims. Love it. Heck yeah. Um, yeah so for anyone who doesn't go ahead, you go into some detail on Defend the Guard or. Yeah, go, uh, go for it. Go basically, for it. what Defend the Guard does, it's been introduced in uh, 30 states, I believe now. And. Um, it's passed the Senate in Arizona last year, uh, the House in New Hampshire last year, mm -hmm. uh, just got voted out of committee 
to the Senate floor again in Arizona. It's popping up all across the country. And what it does is basically tells the federal government, hey, you can't deploy our National Guard uh, without a formal declaration of war. So it's really checking the power of the Pentagon, um, especially since I believe a number of uh, in the you know global wars on terror, all the Middle East stuff for the past 20 years, it's been, I think, 45% of forces over there have been, have been National Guard. So like states, states pushing this and putting it through makes a huge difference and is going to have to be something they really have to take into account before playing with these forever wars. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, so, it's much more practical to send your, your national guard to, um, to Texas, you know, to help defend against the federal government <laughs> far more important than, than right. so, <laughs> so we, uh, so we're pushing this, you know, the guys that bring our troops home dot us, uh, have kind of been the ones leading this. They train everyone up great. And then they want you to, uh, then they just encourage everyone to join in with them and you make phone calls. Uh, if you're from Georgia, definitely call. If you're not from Georgia, get a Google Voice number and pretend you're from Georgia. Yeah. Um, and just call and call and call and blow up their phone lines because they can't ignore that. And, yes. Uh, they are, and definitely do the Google Voice thing because they don't like it when you call from a Texas number. Um, he questioned me for like, one of the guys questioned me for like 10 minutes just about where I live and why I have a Texas phone number. <laughs> See, I was going to call, even though I have a PA number, it's like, well, this is the one time like I could, I could have a solid backstory and know Georgia fairly well that I could. Yeah. I know mm -hmm. my former address. I know. There we go. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah. We call them. And if their phones are blowing up all day, I know in the Arizona Senate last year, the uh, the one senator basically came out on the phone and was, and was like, it would be politi political suicide to not support this bill. And that's how you have to make them feel. You have to make them feel, you have to make it hurt for them to yes. want to oppose it. And so, you know, yeah. um, you have to overcome, you know, they're going to have the Pentagon coming in and telling them this and that. And you know, secretary of defense. I mean, if this thing starts getting there, so like mm -hmm. they're going to need a whole bunch of pressure coming in from, from the voters to say, no, you have to do this. Otherwise there will be repercussions you will not be, you will not keep that job mm -hmm. if you don't support this. And uh, yeah. they have to know that loud and clear. And when they know that uh, they act in their best interest. <laughs> as most people do as vote, well, yes. you know, that's why we want government as small as humanly possible. Maybe um, it was, naive on my part but i used to think the national guard was strictly for like domestic use like not I think i yeah well it's in the name i would have thought or whatever and it was not that long ago that i realized that it would they were being deployed i didn't realize that the percentage that nick was saying like 45 or something is it's it's just, just crazy quiet, it's crazy he's like let's put those numbers back up there real, just real quick um so people can get a screenshot of that if forever's watching or listening um yeah, and I'm going to repeat the names. It's Donzella James, Emmanuel Jones, Jason Estevez, and Freddie Powell Sims. Get on there. Call them. Um, don't stop calling them. Uh, they will actually talk to you. They're somewhat reasonable. I mean, half the time they don't answer, but if their phone keeps going off over and over and over and over and over, they're going to end up answering at some point in time. So just bombard them with calls. And I um, think there was some confusion with some of these numbers earlier. Uh, staffers were answering and so the people were getting different names, you know, someone mm. not 
which you you expect staffers to answer, but apparently it wasn't being made clear when they were answering that they were a staffer for. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, they, I mean, definitely some of them will try to avoid taking your phone call. What's up, Zach? Yeah, I'd also like to point out what Nick did today, which was submit a letter to the editor, which mm. I know like that sounds like something we did in the 1800s and it's no longer relevant. <laughs> But you're getting, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars worth of advertising space for your issue when you do that. Because, you know, look up the rates to place an ad and then compare that to the column space you get just by submitting 200 or 400 words or whatever it is to your local news station or your newspaper. Mm -hmm. You know, so this is a great opportunity. Almost anybody can put out 200 words and sound good. And these things not get published all the time. Yeah, not to mention, but like, when someone does a, if someone, you know, one of these reps does a Google news search and types defend the guard and Georgia into Google news, what's going to come up news about defend the guard and what's going to be there. Your, your uh, letter to the editor is going to be showing up there because probably not much else will, but if multiple people in Georgia have those in multiple papers, that's what's going to show up and people are going to look and go, oh, there's support from across the state here. It's showing up in the newspapers. So, mm -hmm. Heck yeah. Is there going to be an article on libertytwist.com, Zach? You think? Probably, yeah. I'm sure <laughs> I'll put all my thoughts there. There we go. Love it. All right, y'all, get out there. Call these folks. Harass them endlessly. Um, they work but for nicely. you. But, but nicely. nicely be nice yeah. but harass them endlessly they can't they can't stand it when they're getting overwhelmed with phone calls and everyone's being nice correct yeah yeah no, they prefer you scream at them and call them names that way they can just write you off in their head yep no be as nice as it's humanly possible you don't do you don't get anywhere just by threatening people and being rude like it's much better just to be kill them with kindness and let's go from there um so yeah Thanks, Nick, for, for all the work you've been doing with that. I've seen you in the chats and everything. So, um, all right. Well, should we get to our first uh, first story? Sure. Muck Muckraker. Um, they did released a 40-minute 40 um, 40 video on YouTube, Rumble, all their channels. Um, hang on. There we go. And uh, it basically, this guy right here, I forget his name now. I watched the whole daggum thing today and I can't remember his name. Um, but he was embedded with a migrant caravan that came up from South America all the way to the United States. Um, asking them questions along the way, um, documenting the entire process. There were some very worrying and interesting things that happened on this trip. Um, Zach, can we skip about four minutes in, I think? Um, four minutes in or so. I just want to watch. Let's just watch a couple minutes of it, and then we'll move on um, to their to their website. They just trek up to the United States on foot in mass caravans. Uh, they don't have much money. Uh, the Chinese are very well funded. They're the ones that are taking planes. We're right across the street from an airport right now. And they also have established networks. And this hotel that we're at is proof of that it's all Chinese and for some reason they all know to come here it's because they are in direct communication people that are further up the trail or that have made it to the United States are telling people that are on their way hey this is a hotel that's safe for you uh, we also found we were staying at this hotel you know they're expecting Chinese you can see a lot of the writings a lot of the signs in this hotel are written in Chinese again this is further proof that it's not it's in South America it's not just some sort of one-off occasion 
that there's all of these Chinese nationals here at this point. This is a known hub yeah, supposed to speak German in South America. For Chinese nationals <laughs> on the way to the United States. We spoke with a Chinese national who's staying here right now, who's going to be trekking through the Darien Gap and going up to the United States. Yeah, I mean, there's just back on Darien Gap. Or Los Angeles. And he told us that. All right, skip ahead to about 20. I think it was 24. In the United States. No, no, a little, little before that. He was in the jungle. He was in the jungle before that. Uh, maybe 18. Yeah, I, got, I, yeah. I got to the point of him in the jungle. I, I fell asleep while watching it, but I got to the jungle part. <laughs> Enthralling TV, I guess. Well, I was watching it late at night the other night. Copy that. Um, yeah, he documents this entire process, y'all. And like he's he's there just like them. He doesn't have like support. It's just him and one other dude. Um, they're just being actual journalists documenting their day number two documenting their um time yeah. okay <clears throat> we're inside the darien gap it's day two we're about six or seven hours how nervous day. would you be doing that right now it's pouring rain through the darien gap that's uh, some wild stuff we've yeah. been filming yeah you can you can pause it that and um so anyway i don't know how many of y'all have watched watched any of that i scrubbed through and watched like sections of it um but my gosh uh i don't know what are alden what are your thoughts on on just that whole process of that there's a constant stream of people coming up from south america so something that made sense to me after the fact was when because you're talking about going into and then out of mexico like across our border that he was surprised at first when they got to the end and there was no Mexican police or anything at this like public park that's like on the Rio Grande. Um, and then he's like, at the end, he's like, oh no, it actually makes a lot of sense. If there's so many people coming into Mexico from the South, then of course they need the outflow to balance it out so they don't do anything at the at their side. Right, yeah, they don't want them to leave. I mean, they no, want- Or they don't, they do yeah. want, yeah, the in and out kind of thing, yeah. Um, cause he said that he was surprised that there was no one there and they were there for hours. Like right. they had, um, food service. People were like setting up shop and almost like vendor stuff. Like while they were there at the border, it was yeah, the market kind of crazy. Dude, every, <laughs> yeah. every, every, every like stopping point along the way, there was a bunch of people selling all sorts of goods. Yeah. Like, you know, there was sunscreen and knives and clothing and a, a food, obviously there's just like, it's it's a small economy yeah that's essentially what zane is just saying too and like when you have that many people consistently in one area i mean like everyone knows it you know and so they go there to yep. sell and yeah anyway yeah it's i mean it's wild nick nick you watched a bunch of it what do you think well between that and some other stuff i've do i've seen heard listened to watched uh recently uh it's fascinating but it's also extremely um you know if we were to wade into the immigration debate on this um we are you know, there, there's yeah well <laughs> let's just say i think there's a difference you know when when you even on the open border side i think there's a different a huge difference between saying oh well you know people who decide to come here and you know crossing borders is one thing but you know who take the initiative and do it on their own. But um, when you want to talk about the uh, NGOs down there yeah, that are uh, pumping uh, 
pumping the money in and being funded by our tax dollars. So our tax dollars, UNHCR, IOM. Yeah. IOM is a big one. Yeah. So our tax dollars go to pay, pay for these NGOs to basically uh, give everyone supplies, give everyone uh, the money, give everyone everything to then en masse come up to our board, to the border, cross in, and then, uh, then they get distributed throughout the country to these cities like New York who have this, you know, right to housing where then, oh, well, now you're here. So you have a right to housing. So here's your house. Well, here's a place to live. Here's food. Here's education. Here's this. Here's that. Um, all on the taxpayer's dollar. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, we're literally I mean, paying for talk about theft. You're talking about it. Not, I think even on the open border side, you have to look and go. This is not free movement this is subsidized government policy movement this is yes. not you know I mean, and um, not only are they like giving them like or like selling them or giving them supplies depending on the organization but they're telling them how to how to get on a train without anybody seeing you and how to travel like do you know that scene (laughs) in the beginning of the movie the incredibles when he is working in insurance like when he gets a regular job and he's helping all the old ladies or whatever like he's like talk to this person don't talk to that person whatever he's like giving them the inside scoop i feel like it's that kind of a thing like no it is someone's like very much got their back on the inside there but it's so weird man like such a strange video what do you got zane yeah, so I've heard some stats about how, you know, since most immigrants that are coming here, you know, don't get a social security number, then they actually don't get some benefits that they would if, you know, they were actually a citizen. So, you know, how much are these uh, immigrants actually taking out in welfare uh, compared to how much they're putting in through, you know, if they actually get a job. And I haven't done a deep dive into those stats, but it does seem, at least right now, that there are large groups of people that are getting huge amounts of benefits in terms of everything Nick was saying. Free transportation, free housing, free, you know, X, Y, and Z. And it's like, even if 10 years ago, it was the case that most of the people that were here illegally were actually you know, working and not taking and not living off the government dole. I think that, you know, advertising to everybody, you know, here's how you get in here. And then once you're here, here's how you take advantage of all these government services. That is not an Ellis Island immigration policy (laughs) because the Ellis Island immigration policy is that we'll let you in, but we're not going to give you squats. Yes. Yeah, you have and now the, the policy for a large group of people now seems to be come in and we're gonna transport you to Mars's vineyard. Yes, and not only that, like we're gonna displace American citizens to house you. I was gonna or bring like, up, okay. or like, uh, yeah, what New York City, where I think that was where they shut the school down and did remote yep. learning because, well, we got to house the immigrants there, and it's like, so not only are you fleeced to pay for the NGOs who taught them, who who basically showed them, gave them the supplies to make the trip here and then taught them how to cross in and claim asylum and do everything else that would allow them to stay uh, pending a court date in five, 10 years, whatever it is. 
and then pay for housing and transportation and food and everything, but then pay, then you don't even get the public school you're forced to pay for. <laughs> yep. <Like. laughs> yep. I mean, it's wild. It's wild. Just absolutely. In, it's insanity. And I don't know how you argue a different side of that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I understand the urge of, I understand the open border urge, but that's not what, what we're talking about here. This is not the yeah. Ellis Island or, you know, Hey, if you're willing to work hard and come in and, uh, and put in the work, this is, I mean, I, there were stories saying that, you know, not only were, <clears throat> are they given, uh, all this, but there's a lot of complaints is a lot of complaints and grumbling from said immigrants getting all the welfare that they're not getting good enough stuff. Good Lord. I'm pretty flexible on the border itself, like argument. Like I, I can kind of go multiple ways on it. I can hear good points from either side, but it doesn't make sense to me to give someone tax funded benefits that if they aren't then citizens yet or tax paying citizens, that doesn't make sense, especially when there's a finite pool of resources and you're taking from citizens already. So more on just the side of oh we least. got a, we got a lot of it's like that classic you know we got a lot of our own problems kind of thing or whatever but like i'm not even the you know the most strict on like i'm not like mr build a wall or whatever and so <laughs> i don't know yeah i like that all is one word that's great <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I feel that I, I i'm sympathetic to a lot of arguments on here but i'm just looking at what this is and yeah like I said, it's not. This is not open borders. It's not a the libertarian argument of open borders. This is government-funded immigration. Yeah, it's incentivizing mm -hmm. and funding it, people yeah. to come here, and it's and it's so many people in that in that also, video yeah. were not like, internationally. I've seen, I've seen the arguments. I've seen the arguments. Well, we you know, American citizens, you know, people in America take up you know on welfare in america take up more money yeah and yeah well we don't want them on welfare either so <laughs> yes why are you why are you arguing that well <laughs> each individual uh immigrant takes less welfare than one american on welfare so it's fine to let them in but uh and but no we want less people on welfare we want to get away from that system and mm -hmm. your argue and your argument is then well it doesn't matter if we just add some more people to that system Yep. As long as we have open borders, it's absolutely insanity to me. Yeah. Zane, what do you think the libertarian position on this this particular scenario, like based on the video? Oh, I mean, you, the, what's the old joke? If you ask five libertarians, you'll get 10 different opinions. <laughs> so I don't think, I mean, anybody who watched a debate from a couple of weeks ago at the convention yeah. knows that there is not one position that is the libertarian position you know there is there is my position which i would like to be the libertarian position my position then, is the libertarian position because <laughs> i'm the only real libertarian <laughs> yeah because because everybody knows that i am the one true libertarian <laughs> but it's like there there are kind of levels to what the correct answer should be depending on you know whether what what current conditions you're you're saying that we still have to have because you know ultimately in in and Kapistan, you know you can go on to any person's private property that you're invited onto 
So if you if somebody invites you to their house or invites you to their place of work to work for them, then you get to go there and you know the only borders that exist are the borders around people's private property. Right. And whereas, you know, we're we're a very long way away from that. So, you know, <laughs> we can have that as the ideal, but we can also recognize that if we go around advocating for that, nobody's good. That's not a workable solution in the short term. Right. So it's like if it's kind of like what's the closest that we can get to that? Right. You know, stipulating that we live in the real world and we don't live in a fantasy world. And I think the best solution in the short term would be to stop advertising to immigrants how much in handouts we're going to give them. Yes. I mean, we're just using in, taxpayer in, money to advertise to them how much free stuff they're going to get if they make the trip. Correct. Because that, I mean, that's got to be the biggest incentive is how much we're going to take care of them once they get here, which is not part of the deal for I mean, that's basic economics. Companies. Anything you, anything you tax, you get more, you get less of, and anything you subsidize, you get more of. Yep. That's yep. And we're subsidizing the crap out of this, man. Uh, that whole video, it, it gave me very, um, so like Christianity talks a lot about, well, a little bit about like the, no borders, no centralized state should have borders and like control who gets to go where. Um, and so that's one of the biggest conflicts for me internally is is my Christianity versus libertarianism, which they kind of align in this scenario. But then again, like you said, this isn't just depends on this what libertarian you ask what they want to do. It's people incentivized. And sometimes told to do what they are doing by coming across the border. It's it's just a wild, wild um, scenario that we have. But there's on. also, you know, accepting someone in and uh, voluntarily helping them versus at the point of the government gun being forced to. Yep. You know, it's yep. completely. And from that part, from the, you know, that side, basically, you know, receiving stolen goods in order to, to do that. I mean, there's a whole bunch of. Mm. How do you feel I mean, about that, the? This might be a great dis discussion topic for another time. You know the the interplay between Christianity and libertarianism. I think that they're in perfect harmony. Of course, that's a kind of a self serving thing to think, given that I'm both. But I I think that they both you know that they're. I I think that I'm not going to say that you're not a Christian if you're not a libertarian, but you can you know be not in conflict with any scripture and and hold libertarian beliefs like a lot of people will just say haha romans 13 checkmate libertarian and you know we can have that conversation i don't think that it means I, what I had part a of a lot of conversation with gordon runyon on the free georgia podcast what's the principle of romans 13. Uh, i'm a satanist apparently so i gotta look up the exact quote or those i'm gonna get it wrong but at, while while you're doing that, just on the immigration topic, like it's in, it's just important to keep in mind that all of these people are human beings, and we should care about them to the extent that you know it's better for people to to you know be successful and be provided for. But it's just that you know in encouraging people to come here and live off the dole. I think in the long run is not really good for them Correct. given that we're commanded to to work and and be fruitful yeah. and 
you know, if if you if the best way for somebody to do that is to come to the United States and work, then that's great. But you know, I and, and so much of our immigration problems are due to all of our interference into South America, which has yeah. made it a place with lots of drug drug violence and gangs and and governments that don't respect the rule of law. So and the drug you know, violence. If, if, is... it, if it weren't if it weren't for our if it weren't for America's foreign policy, you know, Latin America would be a much better place to, to stay put and work in. So there's right. that element too. <laughs> yes, which we'll, we actually will get to that later on in this in this episode. Um, I'm just going to read it for Alden. Uh, oh sure, and read that whole thing. Um, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. I don't um, like that. Well, the interpretation that people tend to take is the one that you're talking about, you're reacting to right now. That but it is incorrect that last okay. time therefore it is necessary to submit to the authorities that is not if you go listen to the to the uh, episode that i did with gordon Runyon, he explains exactly what that means um he so said, was this what language was this is this hebrew originally is this a translate because there's a lot of the this, times issues this originally would have been in greek, greek. So okay because i didn't know what part this was like old or new or whatever but it would have been, it would have been translated a few times um and it it has options right here for Hebrew and Greek. Which is the weird. the parts written in Greek are usually a little bit less like varying in their translation. The parts in Hebrew are sometimes yeah a little different. But well, su submissive it's it's the same word that people you know people get upset about like wives submit to their husbands, and it doesn't mean be obedient to. It means joyfully be their serve, like serve them in the best way possible if they're doing the correct thing, if they're doing the right thing according to God and the scriptures. And so when he's saying submit to the authorities, well, if they're doing evil things, don't submit to the authorities because you can't do that. But then isn't, isn't then ultimately what it's saying is we don't even then need authorities if we all know what's right then and if uh, there's the risk of an authority being wrong and we are then to judge it if it's wrong or right then what what why do we need the middleman i don't even understand well I, I, lots of people need leaders i mean there are so many people that that cannot decide things for themselves like but there's there's natural leaders that emerge that yeah, people always, follow voluntarily i mean that's there's always there's always leaders in some way shape or form and it might not yeah, be in there in every single instance like i i'm a leader with nikki in certain instances and she's a leader in other instances like it's it's entirely dependent on whatever situation you're in yeah there is also one interpretation of this that you can go down that's actually a description of what the governing authorities should be doing and not necessarily just a blanket statement that that's what they 
always are doing. And then there's also, you know, when, when it says governing authorities, that doesn't necessarily have to mean, you know, the state. That right. could mean the church authorities. That could mean the family authorities. Yeah. That could mean a variety of different things that aren't, you know, the institution that declares that it has a monopoly on violence. Um, and, and just one final point, which is that a lot of, you know, typical conservatives that use Romans 13 as a club to beat libertarians with tie <laughs> themselves in a pretzel if they really try to uh, do that. Because, you know, if you ask them, well, did you support overthrowing Saddam Hussein? I mean, they will, this type of person would usually say, well, yes, I did. And <laughs> then you can say, well, wasn't Saddam Hussein instituted by God? And then they would <laughs> be like, well, I don't want to answer that. <laughs> exactly. And Hannah's, Hannah's crushing it in the comment section, by the way. I was reading that, yeah. Yeah, she's she's crushing it. Um, I'm no expert when it comes to the Bible. So I'm... I'm just kind of going through just like on the fly sort of devil's advocate motions with you guys. No, and that, that you should, that should absolutely be, you know, your job. If, if that's you know, my job, well, whoever doesn't know about something or like their thoughts contradict anybody else on this show, they should friggin' speak up because it's better to have like hash it out than, than just sit there and tacitly agree or not say anything. So thank you. Yeah, sure. There's also, you know, when you've never heard it before, it's written in such a way where I'm like, I probably processed 40% of what was said, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, Romans 13 is the one that everyone goes to, to be like, you have to be obedient to the government. Lies. Yeah, I mean, incorrect. It's, it's one of those things where if you're a libertarian and a Christian, you absolutely know what Romans 13 is. But if you're a libertarian and not a Christian, you would not really have a reason to have encountered it before no i yeah and i i picked up on sort of a hierarchical thing of like follow your authorities but if they veer from you know what this book says then like follow that for like it's like a one two thing or whatever that's what i was just saying why do you need the middle thing then but I yeah like it's, it, it can be good for you or okay to like um uh put your thinking onto somebody else. Like if, if somebody else is in charge of like the, a church, let's say, and they're, they, they're good at what they do. They're living according to the Bible and they're pre they're practicing what they preach. Then it's okay to um, outsource some of your thinking to people. And it's like some of the ways in which you should live. Um, it's not always okay. And people do that far too often with the government thinking they're an authority on anything when right. they're not. Right. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, regardless, I mean, you get natural hierarchies like like with yeah. lobsters. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Peterson joined but, the uh, Yeah. You, you get you get natural natural elites, and I think that's one thing we we accept is that that happens. You have some people who are better leaders, and some people who generally will follow. Yep. Um. Hundred percent. Now you want impressive, good people to step up and lead, and people to follow voluntarily, but um. You know, there's nothing against libertarian values in saying that, you know, some people argue this whole like no hierarchy thing, but I think that's an untenable position living in, you know, some fantasy land. Right. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a point that Hans Herpen Hoppe often makes, which is that you want your elites in your society to actually be impressive, good people yes. that are well known for how refined and intelligent that they are. Whereas 
democracy actually promotes the worst, least impressive, most base people in society to be your leaders. Yes. And that makes it not a very good system. Yeah, just look yeah. at Lindsey Graham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah dave dave smith mentions that a lot i mean i haven't listened to many podcasts recently but he he's like our elites are just the least impressive people on the planet like it's crazy that they're the elites it makes no sense um, joe biden is the president joe biden is the president like if you actually just said, yeah. think about that for like three minutes you'll you'll wonder how like humans have survived this long yeah and and not in 1988 but in 2020 well now four but i forgot what year it was there all right y'all well it's that time it's trivia time everybody i did not i did not pull up the scoreboard nick has not partaken in trivia in quite a while yeah, hopefully I can pull a win. Although it'll probably be Zane. Alden dominated last week. Um, just yeah, but it was about it. movies. Well, you don't know what today's about. <laughs> I'm trying what to is make the it... Highland Cow. Hey, what? That, that's a great. That's a great start. That Zane doesn't know what a Highland Cow is. Rabbit Eye Wine. Rabbit Eye Wine is. Uh, I told you they're the unofficial sponsor for the show. Um, I should actually, have asked more questions. Where's my check it? in the mail? Here, I'm going <laughs> to cover up uh, something. There we go. We cover up our little logo there. Why? Because uh, it might be a question here in a minute. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right. Libations trivia. Everyone here knows the rules. Audience, you can participate. Um, and y'all have won twice at this point. Twice in over a year. So, you know, you got a long shot. Um, scoreboard is Zane has won twice this year. Audiences won once. They tied with Zach, who also won once, and Alden won last week. Um, but he doesn't even get paid, Zane. <laughs> All right. Round one. Hang on. I got to pull up everything on my end. All right. Question number one. On this day in 1960, Construction began on what famous landmark in Los Angeles, California? Alden. The um the stars thing. The I don't know, the Hollywood Walk of Star thing thing. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to you. Hollywood there you go, walk yeah. of Fame. Congratulations. The walk of shame, yeah. <laughs> Hollywood Walk of Fame. Let me give you a point. All right. Next question. On this day in 1936, Jay Berwanger became the first player picked in the very first draft of what league? Zane. The NFL. The NFL. Nice. I couldn't get over just laughing at Berwanger, but <laughs> so he was a he was a halfback. He had won the Heisman in college. He immediately was traded from the Eagles to the Bears, and he never played because he demanded too much for his salary. <laughs> <laughs> And he was a rubber wow. salesman for the rest of his life. <laughs> oh, man. Quite a change. Does, does he regret it? Or is he like, nope, that was what I was going to do. I'm sure he's dead now. So <laughs> <laughs> he probably doesn't regret much at this point. Um, <laughs> Hannah says, can't wait to get my star in the Hollywood Walk of Stars thing. <laughs> <laughs> the official name, yeah. 
Question number three. On this day in 1924, a new use for gas was used for the first time in the U.S. What was the use, Zane? Making rubber. Incorrect. <laughs> Nick? Uh, the internal combustion engine. Incorrect. Alden? Gasoline? I just said gas. Hmm. Is it heating homes? Nope. Zane? Hmm. I think I may have just said the wrong material. Is it making plastic? Incorrect. Right. What year? 1924? 1924. I'm going to open it back up to the floor. The hint is it's not to make anything. Okay. In fact, it's to destroy something. Oh. Zane? To make um, nitroglycerin. Incorrect. Nick? Make napalm. No. <laughs> Alton? <laughs> oh, man. That's a. I thought napalm sounded good, and then that wasn't it. I've been forgetting. 19... To use, I've forgotten to use the buzzer. Did you say we have a buzzer? Did I, you I say twenty four? Nineteen twenty four. I'll give you another hint in a minute. If, if I mean, can't guess anything. It's to destroy things. I don't know. Burning poppy fields. Um. It was used during the Holocaust. Oh, God. Zane. Uh, the Cyclone B. What? I don't even know what that is. I don't oh, know. I guess it's not. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, what? Just, just find what it is. It might be correct. Well, it's the... I. It's like the poison gas. Yay, no. Zane. See, my, my whole head was... Peaceful execution. Really? You said gas. I was... My head was completely in... in gasoline yeah no. yeah see that's where I'm, i was that's I figured, why i asked but... <laughs> your mom <laughs> from buddy thank you buddy. i was never going to get there because i thought we were talking about petrol gas but uh, i don't know what to tell you that's, that's how the <laughs> question was worded so can't can't do much about that thanks chat gpt i chat gpt did not come up with that i did <laughs> you can well then you have no one to fault <laughs> all right on this day in 1904 what war began Zane. The Russo-Japanese War. Nice. Russo-Japanese War is correct. All right. I tried to think of some interesting commentary to say about it, but I couldn't come up with anything. So, On this day in 1587, which famous queen was beheaded? I think it was Alden. Is it um, Queen of Scots? Mary Queen of Scots? Mary Queen of Scots is correct. Congratulations, Alden. Mary Queen of something. Mary Queen of something. All right, question number six. On this day in 1986, standing at five foot seven, who won the NBA dunk contest? Zane. Oh, yeah. I think it was actually shorter than that, but Muggsy Bogues. No, no, Muggsy never did the dunk contest. What year? Good guess. 1986. It's like the most famous, one of the most famous dunk contests of all time. Five Zach, foot Zach six, in, seven? Zach's incorrect. I've never known Larry Bird to dunk, but. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it to the audience because uh, I think, there we go. He got it correct. Spud Webb. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have known that. No one's ever heard of Spud Webb? No. Good job, buddy. Good job, dude. Yeah. 
Hannah got it too. All right. Question number seven. On this day in 1915, widely considered the first cinematic masterpiece directed by D.W. Griffiths, what movie opened in Los Angeles? Zane. Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation is correct. I've never seen it. Um, we had to watch it at uh, SCAD. Um, <clears throat> very mediocre. And absurdly racist. <laughs> I was gonna say, is that like the like clan-ish movie <laughs> yeah. or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. I know of it, but I've not seen it. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's I understand why it's a cinematic masterpiece because of when it was made, because it's like the mm. first like massive feature film. Right, right. Um, and like some of the styles they used were very impressive for their time and very innovative. But um yeah, I mean, watching movies that old is always a chore. <laughs> All right. On this day in 1994, in a fit of road rage, what actor smashes the windshield of a stranger? Oh, oh Alden. Um, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson is correct. <laughs> he was having shining flashbacks. They also based anger management off of that. That's why I. That's why I know this. Yeah, because like it's funny that he plays then the anger management like instructor, but he himself has like got a serious problem. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I love that uh, Hannah guessed Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's a funny image though. That's so good. Question number nine. Uh, did I give you a? Uh... No, I didn't. There we go. Question number. Oh, Zach had a good one too. It's Alec Baldwin, but whatever. Makes sense. No, he shot a guy. He shot a guy. <laughs> shot yeah, a girl. Yeah. It was a girl. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, right. On this day in 1974, what space station closed after only 171 days? Zane. Skylab. Uh, Skylab is correct. Bravo, Zane. They're seeing if they could grow weed in space. <laughs> Final question of round one. It had blue windows. What? <laughs> Is that a real thing? It, no, no, I was I was ripping off of the weed joke, but maybe <laughs> oh. that is a reference that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that, that one I don't know. I had I'm too dumb for that one. Um, on this day in 1910, which organization was founded that caters to teaching young boys survival skills? Alden. Um, Boy Scouts. It's the Boy Scouts of America. Ding, 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 ding. anymore because they went woke they went technically woke. it's now called the scouts bsa which really is really irritating because technically bsa <laughs> no longer stands for anything but if you if it but you, what you're kind of saying is scouts of boy scouts of america right yeah that doesn't make a lick of sense no it's weird all right after one round, Zane has five, Alden has four, audience has one, and Nick is bringing up the rear with a big fat goose egg. I'm uh, I'm out of practice. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <clears throat> I need you to punch your camera, Nick, is basically what it <laughs> needs to happen. All right. This next section is uh, dedicated to our unofficial sponsor of this episode, Rabbit Eye Wine. Uh, maybe we can get them on as an actual sponsor and they can pay us like five bucks an episode to sponsor each one and just send us each a bottle of wine every month. Or we can do what we're getting paid already, which is that. like a third of a penny. I, I prefer the sponsor. Thank you. <laughs> All right. What is the name of the farm where Rabbit Eye Wine was born? Alden. 
Rabbit Eye Farms. <laughs> I had to try it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's Bell something Farms. Bell. It's Bell Farms. Farms. Yeah. Oh, Zach got it right after you did. All right. Nick on the board with two points. Here we go. Question number two. From where does Rabbit Eye get its name? Zane. The eye of a rabbit. <laughs> Incorrect. Nick. The uh, rabbit eye blueberry. Ah. Rabbit eye blueberries. Is I was going to joke answer. and say blueberries, but that is the answer. Okay. That is the actual answer. Nick coming in strong in round two. All right. What two colors do rabbit eye blueberries change to prior to ending up blue? Zane. Purple and green. All right, Zen gets one of the correct ones, which is green. Alden? Magenta. Nick, what's your guess? I've seen the blueberries. Red. And this is They're tough. magenta. Yeah, it's it's a pinkish red, which is magenta. It's magenta. Yeah. Pinkish, pinkish red. red is not a color. Magenta is a color. I am more right than you. It says <laughs> red. It says it on I'm the right. website. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more right than your source. <laughs> all, right. all i do all day is deal with colors and typefaces so oh yeah that's that's actually very fair okay yeah um question number four how many varieties of blueberry wine does rabbit eye produce alden three okay zane four nick yeah i was pretty sure it was four but i'm gonna go nick. with five just in case it's five <laughs> You should have stuck with four, Nick. Oh, Zane's already got it. I didn't want to. <laughs> you can step all over Zane's answer. No, you can't. That's yeah, not allowed. I was playing fairly on this. But buddy <laughs> says five, therefore it's probably five. And you're probably missing a special one. No, the special one is the next question. Okay. <laughs> buddy can shut up. What other fruit has Rabbit Eye put into a wine that they produced? Zane. Peach. Incorrect. Alden. Apple. Incorrect. Nick? Fruit. Um, blackberries. Blackberries. Mm. Ding, 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 nice. ding. Nice. How about that? I don't know why I have to say ding, ding now that uh, we actually have a dinger. Uh, dinger? Yeah. <laughs> you love redundancy. All right. After two rounds, Zane has eight. Nick is in second with six. Alden has five, and the audience still has one. Um, and I love that Hannah went with boysenberry. <laughs> okay. I made a, uh, I made a big comeback in that round so far. You made a massive comeback. That was impressive. Let's see. Buddy says they're working on a sangria type called Thunder Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> oh I hope that's God. true because that's get amazing. Thunder Bunny. That is amazing. <clears throat> All right. First round of your first question of round three. What is the traditional Scottish term for a group of Highland cows? Alden. A massacre. No, I would have liked that though. <clears throat> Zane. An O'Flanagan. <laughs> In is that Irish? <laughs> I have no idea. Nick. <laughs> a bunch of fuckers. <laughs> <Incorrect>. <laughs> Hannah, a gaggle is incorrect. 
Um, my hint is going to be something stupid. Um, it's something Perfect. you can do with a piece of paper. Alden. A fold. <laughs> so it is I got that strictly on the clue. I have never heard of this. Just being honest. Oh, Zach got it literally half a second after you. Nice. Love that. A bagpipe. Beef that's, what, that's what I do with paper. I bagpipe. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Question number two of round number three. How many years has the Highland cow existed in its present form? You don't need to be quick on this one, Zane. You get one one guess and everybody... I strategically it. did not raise my hand for that. Right so, Zane, you get to pick first. Uh, How many years? years? 600 years, okay. Alden, pick. Um, Since you let's go five hundred. <laughs> okay, Nick. Are we playing prices right rules? No. Yeah, no. I don't. The, no, just closest. Just closest to it. <clears throat> okay, uh, I'm gonna go hundred and twelve and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> the audience gets it. Hannah, oh no! Fifteen hundred years. It's been around. I just don't even know what it is still that we're talking about. So. A Highland cow? Oh my god! They're all big and shaggy. Yes, actually, they're not that big. They're How do they taste? Shaggy. They're not that big. They're they're shaggy. They're fairly small. What kind of cheese shaggy. can I make from it? Great cheese. Okay. Yeah. Now we're talking. Question number three. Final question. It is literally anybody's game except the audience. The audience can come in second if they get this, but everybody else can win if they get it. Wow. All right, question number three. How many... Nope, that's not it. Aside, <laughs> aside from defense, for what purpose do Highland cows use their horns? Alden. A mating should dance show thing. In incorrect. Dang it. <clears throat> uh, that's what I was going to say. Um, <clears throat> swimming. Nick. Uh, digging in the dirt. Dang it. Digging for food. And y'all. Nice. Thanks Did Nick for win? Playing. Nick right on. won. <laughs> oh, Nick. How about that, man? Yeah. <clears> goose egg after behind. round one to a win. That's a big Oof. comeback. I mean, that is impressive. That, that is, yeah. That is an impressive victory right there. Audience, so everybody did well. It was Nick got nine, Zane and Alden tied for second with eight, and the audience got four. Everyone that's close, extremely well. Bravo to everybody! <clears throat> Thank you for participating. If only I had known anything about Rabbit Eye One, <laughs> a single thing. Yeah, I don't think <clears throat> most people did though. No. Um, all right, Nick apparently does. Yeah, that's fair. We're I mean, going. Blackberries was a complete one hundred percent guess. Shot oh me. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I tried to pick the questions um, for for Rabbit Eye Wine that like basically anyone could guess, mm -hmm. but that if you knew Rabbit Eye Wine, you'd probably know. Um, all right, Nick. I mean, not Nick. Zach. Let's put this uh, Nikki Haley crap up on screen. <laughs> Just hit play on this. This whole thing is too funny. Give us some volume on that, Zachary. <clears throat> 
I'm wondering, though, is it a missed opportunity, not because of the primary and caucus, but Nevada is a crucial battleground state. Was this a missed opportunity? We were told from people in Nevada several months ago that this. And what is going on with that, Zach? Internet being junky. I blame Fox. I'm wondering, though, is it a missed opportunity, not because of the primary and caucus, but Nevada's a crucial battleground state. Is it a missed opportunity. We were told from people in Nevada several months ago to a stand. We knew that the state asked for a primary. We knew that the GOP chair, who's under indictment, had worked with Trump to go seal that up. We knew that there was an effort on the, you know, none of the candidates issue. So we didn't spend a day. We didn't spend a dollar. Our focus was on Iowa, New Hampshire, and Iowa, South Carolina. <laughs> All right. For those who don't know, um, Nikki Haley lost on a ballot that Trump wasn't on, and she lost to none of the above. She lost to Noda um, by a hefty margin. Nice. Um, let's pull up the, I think it's I have like an article that specifies. <clears throat> either 30 or something. Yeah. yeah. What I loved about her Although statement like, is that she said she didn't campaign in Nevada because she was too focused on campaigning in Iowa, New Hampshire, two places that she also lost by a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no. She was celebrating she still... coming in second. Yeah, sixty-three percent to thirty-one percent. Sixty-three percent of people said none of the candidates. That's awesome. And like. I mean, just the fact that Trump wasn't on there, it's just so funny. It's so like, why is she still in this race? What is even the point of her being in this race at this point? Oh, so Zane, the, Zane uh, and Nick, y'all talk about it. I'm going to get some more wine. Yeah. So uh, Nevada is um, in a complete state of disarray as far as the GOP is concerned. Uh, they're a mess, and that's what part of this is. So Nevada decided right. they are we're going to do it by uh, caucus this year. Uh, instead of by primary. And mm -hmm. uh, I think with Nevada law, the primary still happened. For some reason, the primary still happened. But oh. there are zero delegates at stake on it. So it was literally a waste <clears throat> of time to even bother with it, which is why Trump wasn't on it, because he's like, well, I'm going to go to the caucus where that um, where that's going to actually have a decision on delegates. And uh, those caucuses are happening right now, uh, this evening. Um, I think I'm not sure, but I think Trump might be the only candidate on the ballot on those. So, like, yeah, it is kind of like <laughs> this whole screwy thing, but wow, you know, that's what you get. And honestly, <clears throat> um, I hate the primaries. Um, you know, it's taxpayer-funded elections for private organizations. Yeah, I'm not you know, a fan. One thing in the general where it's like this organization versus that organization versus you know supposedly these independents or other parties can be on that you know that's not always the case, uh, or there's some extreme restrictions on it. But these primaries, it's literally saying, "Hey, we're voting for this person who belongs to this private organization," um, and then of course, like you get to the Democrats who just have super delegates, and uh, yeah. you know, uh, will of the you know delegates elected there is split then you're basically just going with what the super delegates who are basically party insiders there um who are going to fall in line with whatever the establishment says uh vote and they make the decisions so 
<clears throat> what did Hannah just say? She said, she said Nikki Sarwak. <laughs> Sarwak. Is, I don't know if you know who Nick Sarwak is, Alden. He's a. Uh, I've heard this name, and I. He's a famous former in the party, and he's a he's a piece of. Okay. Work. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think he, I've heard you guys. He accused that, somebody of assaulting him at the last national convention, and they literally like brushed shoulder. It's all caught on camera. They brushed shoulders on action. It's like an NBA flop, flop like a like a soccer player. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was, it was embarrassing. And he's a lawyer, and it's like, what are you even doing? The funniest part was like, uh, because we people figured he was going to be sketchy someone had a camera focused right in on him about 20 feet away when the incident happened yeah. caught it <laughs> and the he cop showed up on instant replay. yeah the cop showed up because he threw a fit and the guy with the camera went out he's like hey guys here's what happened and the cops look at it it's like you're gonna waste our time with this yeah <laughs> it was so good oh my gosh is he even still around anymore yeah no, he died Oh, okay. <laughs> no. well, that's interesting. He's threatening to sue the party. He is too. He's the one leading the leading the push to sue the party. Is this is this over what? Is he the one that I keep getting uh, stuff in the mail from? Uh, that directly probably not. But he's trying to file a derivative lawsuit, which means because he's a party member, he if he thinks that the board of directors isn't acting. Within, within their fiduciary duty and blah 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 and acting negligently that he can sue to have them removed and it's a completely like absolutely insane <laughs> Trump, Trump says he blocked him because he asked him why he assaulted that guy that's pretty funny <laughs> I mean, the best thing that ever came from Star Wars is that uh, tree video so, <laughs> yeah Let's, we're going really inside baseball at this point. No one oh, yeah. know what that is. I don't know that one. All right. Um, anyway, I missed later. most of the Nikki Haley talk. Uh, what were we saying? Uh, well, I was just kind of explaining that the Nevada GOP is just all kinds of screwy right now uh, with the fact that this primary exists. But the primary is completely useless, which is why Trump's not even on it. And they're doing the caucuses tonight, which are... Um, do have uh, delegate ramifications, and I believe um, Haley's not. I know for sure Haley's not even on the caucus ballot. Uh, I think Trump may be the only candidate on that. Which, so you've got he's uh, not on one, and people voted for nobody, and then he's the only one on another. They're yeah. a mess, man. It's it, like it's think about mess. how much people must have to hate you. For them to show up to a completely meaningless yeah. election yeah. just to vote for nobody. I'm in yeah. a group chat. I'm in a group chat with some of my friends from Young Americans for Liberty at uh, the University of Georgia, and they were saying that this was a real Odyssey moment. Where, if you remember this, one of the stories from the Odyssey is that um, Odysseus is trapped uh, in a cave of a cyclops. Oh, and the no one thing, you nobody. On the island, but he yeah. says to the Cyclops that his name is nobody. Yeah, and yeah. And then he attacks the Cyclops and then sneaks out. And, and then, then when the other Cyclops come to come to help, yeah, the the Cyclops says nobody has attacked me. Nobody yeah, who attacked you? Nobody. Me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I remember that. Oh, Zane, you're you're in a chat with a bunch of super nerds, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
I, I'm in a chat with some super nerds, and none of them have ever referenced the Odyssey. So yeah, yours is yeah, that's big and into next it. level. Nikki Haley's Odyssey moment. Nobody <laughs> has gotten more votes than me. <laughs> Steve's apparently hopping on. I love it, Steve. Come on, buddy. Um, I mean, it's just like. Why why did she stay in it after Iowa? It makes no sense. She got destroyed in Iowa. She's getting destroyed every she got destroyed in her home. Yeah, but she got destroyed. We're all talking about it. You know what I mean? I think that's why. But because the establishment, the establishment needs their alternate in case they can get Trump off the ballot. That's that's literally no bad publicity, man. She's she's praying that Trump gets indicted and and sent to jail. And yeah, that that's basically her whole role because if because I believe it was on uh on part of the problem that or somewhere vivek i think it was on part of the problem that uh vivek before he uh dropped out was saying that uh that he thought the plan was just to install nikki haley and then you don't have to because she's establishment enough and talks the woke like if you hear her she talks a whole lot of the woke also that uh yes she does you would that she would be acceptable to the entire establishment and they could just slide her in and get and slide Biden out without any major things. And uh, the fact that she can't pull any numbers, which I thought when he said that, I'm like, yeah, that seems like a very, very plausible explanation of what's going on here. So she gets nothing by dropping out and, you know, a very but, slim but by staying in, she just gets embarrassed in front of the entire nation repeatedly. Yeah, but like these are politicians, so they have no shame. Hey, Milton. <clears throat> Welcome to the show, brother. What you drinking? Rep and Chase. Uh, Social Fox, West Coast IPA. Straight out of Norcross, baby. All right. Well, tonight's the Rabbit Eye Wine episode, so I guess you didn't get the memo. <laughs> I did not. I did not. Yeah, it's uh, Rabbit Eye Wine. There we go. Yeah. I thought I about either. Rabbit Eye Blueberries while I was cracking this beer up. <laughs> the only reason you're allowed to drink us drink that is because it's not an official sponsorship because I didn't receive any payment. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even receive any wine. I'm literally gonna bring this bottle on every week until they actually start sponsoring the show. I guess that's no, if you do that, incentive. yeah, yeah, yeah. If we'll you do, do that, then they time. don't need to. <laughs> one time, yeah. there were massive sales spike, and then they'll right. want to sponsor. We're never gonna say that the name of that wine again. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> yeah, let's get all the rabbit eye wines out this episode and never mention it again. And uh, it'll be like that sports game coming Sunday. You know, you just can't say it. Just, Otherwise, you owe the money. Anna is asking what rabbit wine, rabbit rabbit eye wine actually is. Why does everyone I mean? Because Hannah, rabbit eye wine is uh, made by a guy's family who's part of the Libertarian Party of Georgia, named Will Bell, who is made with the freest this week. Um, yeah, maybe right now, maybe even listening to this podcast, while he might be joining us while the child's being delivered. <laughs> it would just be the best introduction to this world for that child. Um, so yeah, Will Bell makes Rabbit Eye Wine. Um, he and his family, and they uh, they sponsor all the LP conventions um, each year, and they, they just bring, bring cases of it wine and, and hammered on it. Everyone, oh, yeah. You just they're just scattered throughout the whole convention center by the end of the weekend. <laughs> It's great. What does it taste like? Blueberries. 
tastes like blueberries. like exactly yeah. like wine that's made yeah. with blueberries. How dry? Because <laughs> that's, that's why it's called rabbit eye wine because it's the type of blueberries they use too. It's the rabbit eye. Well, you want to kill the trivia. Yeah, he would have yeah. killed trivia. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. It's like you should have been on trivia, mate. Yeah, we had all six <laughs> on rabbit eye wine. Steve. Oh dang! Okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't well, know that until ten minutes ago. It's a sweeter wine for sure. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, this one's good. It's the Tiff Blue Sweet. Um, they got. I know we went over this, but they got four, three others, and then a is there three other? Because I guessed three, and I was wrong. So I'm yeah. yeah. There's 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 four ones that are made with straight blueberry, and then one that's made with blueberry and blackberry. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I was one off yep. on my wild guess. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually there are some drier varieties, but I have not. I've only ever had this variety, so I need to go buy some more varietals. So we're talking about Nikki Haley. Is that what I was missing? <laughs> yeah, Stephen. What are your <laughs> thoughts on Nikki Haley getting murdered by no one? <laughs> Yeah. So first off, kudos to the Republicans for finally putting none of the above on the ballot. <laughs> Welcome to the 21st that's, century. That's fair. Uh, you know, that's something we've been doing since I think forever. Yeah. Uh, it's I'm like day sure. one of the LP. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So at least 50 years now. And uh, also, it's pretty weird how she's using this narrative now, you know, because you know how Trump was doing that thing that, oh, it's rigged. You know, this is rigged. And so now she's trying to use a piece of the Trump playbook and say that any state not using a primary format and going to a caucus is rigged for Trump. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I think we would agree with her. I think we would also agree with anybody who says that all elections are rigged. <laughs> so. yeah. Sure. There goes the YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, Dude. So I don't know if any of y'all saw Free Georgia podcast this week, but I laid out what I'm going to be doing for the rest of the year. And there's not a chance not a chance in hell our YouTube channel lasts through the end of March. Are we going to have the 9-11 debate on the YouTube uh, channel? Because that'll do it. Uh, that would definitely do it. But no, I'm, I'm talking a lot about medical stuff. That'll do it. Maybe even on, if there's anything that can do it just as fast, if not faster, it'll be that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm focusing on three topics. Bitcoin, education, homeschooling. And uh, mm -hmm. like medical freedom and taking care of yourself. There we go. Medical freedom. Hey, Alexa, who paid the largest criminal fine in U.S. history? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anybody not listening, anybody is listening or watching yeah. right now, um, I would highly encourage you to go over to our Rumble channel. We have uh, Libertarian Party of Georgia over there. We also have the Free Georgia podcast, Liberty Libations. Um, these are all separate channels. You can go follow any of our stuff over there. Because YouTube is not long for this world. Um, we are, there's just no way we're not going to get banned. I mean, I'm even going to stop airing this on the Peaceful Sea Productions YouTube in the near future. Yeah, so that you preserve your yeah, company's I can still platform or whatever. Without, yeah. doing, you know, without screwing myself. So Yeah, that's probably Got sure, to make sure that the fans get their weekly dose of the Wrexham Texan. Yes, you have to. That's my most popular show, Zane. How is that possible? <laughs> Because Wrexham fans are die-hard fans. They like love Americans talking about Welsh soccer. They actually, <laughs> a lot of them just hate. Which Jake has only years. started paying attention to in the past eighteen months, but two years. Give me, give me some credit. Two years. There we go. Come on. So, so when Ted Lasso started, right? When Ted Lasso there started, I yeah, no, that's probably about right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> That's actually I can't even argue that. Yeah. I've been I've been watching English football for a very long time, but the Welsh teams I didn't know anything about until till 
more recently. Well, to be fair, I don't even know if most people could point to uh, whales on a map. Yeah, well, that's very sad. <laughs> apparently, They're in the ocean. Apparently, Zach knows somebody on Wrexham, Rob Lighton. That's very true. He's a benched goalkeeper because he keeps getting hurt. I just remember someone with the same name as the Titans tight end, like Ogun Conquo or whatever. Oh, yeah, Arthur Oconquo. Oconquo, yeah. He's our current goalie. Yeah, he's like 6'7 and has a wingspan of like 7'3". It's good. Well, not in, my not playing basketball or something. My wingspan is more than my height, but not not mine by is, that. Mine is too. Mine's uh, four inches longer than my height. I'm now. I'm gonna have to get my tape measure out and see. Right now, hold on. I'm fu- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I I regret bringing this up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are we talking about at this point? <laughs> okay. Does anybody else have anything to say about Nikki Haley and Barry? So uh, uh, you guys might have brought this up already, uh, but it, it also coincides with. Um, Oh gosh, I forget her last name now. Rana, uh, the RNC uh, chairwoman, McDaniel. Yes, you know, so she resigns in the wake Has of the South Carolina primary. She, she, yeah, she announced she's going to step down in the wake of the South Carolina primary, and she recalled she called the Republican Party a party of losers. <laughs> when she like stepped down. Sounds like she's Toad quoting Toad, yeah. Party, a party of losers. Uh-huh. <laughs> the LP, yeah. The loser party. The loser party, because all we do is lose. <laughs> well, and then so something something else I saw was uh, I think there was like a 16% total voter turnout for the Nevada primary. So uh, you know, in 2022, you know, which was an off year, not a whole lot going on. So you've got like Maybe governor. I don't know what they were really voting for in the primary a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's the off year stuff. So it's like coroner, sheriff, you know, stuff that doesn't really matter to a lot of people. They had a 25% turnout two years ago. <laughs> so even fewer people believe in government now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're, do, our, we're doing our job correctly, y'all. This is great. Yeah. But is this because they also have the caucus thing too? And it's like, Less people are showing up because it's kind of weird. Just started here. Sorry. Yeah. The the less and the fewer drives me nuts. Fewer people, Alden. Fewer. Oh, whatever. Fewer people. When you learn what magenta is, I'll start saying fewer. Dude, I know what magenta is. They (laughs) describe it on their website as pinkish red. Okay. It's it's so easy to rest, Jake. Goodness (laughs) gracious. We're gonna have to get Will on here from the from the delivery room and uh, fix this. All this one who doesn't know what a freaking Highland cow looks like, which I'm about to show you. Is it all muscular? Woolly looking? No. They're all floofy. It's these guys. Yeah, okay. Look at that beautiful, majestic. We're going to get some mini Highland cows from Montana. I'm very excited about it. I've seen them. I just thought they were called long hair steak. That's great. All right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to give Nikki Haley too much airtime, but uh, it's I just find it so funny. Just so funny that they put Noda on the ballot and she lost two to one. That's great. <laughs> it really is two to one. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> like Democrats didn't even want to cross over and vote for her. You know, like the whole the age old tactic of like, you know, let me support the person on the other side that I think is going to be most likely happen. to lose. I, I get told yeah, but a lot happens. of states. I don't know you that, can't. that happens. You I do, do that. You do it, like in Georgia primaries. Absolutely. I, so I'll, Georgia, I'll, I'll there's an open primary out there. 
if yeah, it's not the primary state the you can primary. do it, but uh, you know, close primary states you would be able to unless you change your registration. Right. Yeah. Like in but Pennsylvania, those, here, you just tell them at the door. Like, yeah, what no, do you want? Like Pennsylvania, in Pennsylvania, you have to be registered with a party. So, like, I'm registered libertarian here. Um, hmm. So, I can't go on primary day and vote in the Republican unless I go yeah. online and I change my registration. There you go. When you just change it one day and then change it back the next? <clears throat> yeah. I don't know how they long could. it is. They want you to do it six months in advance. So, they yeah. make it the yeah. way you can't, like, in an election year, if you swap for the primary, you can't swap back in time for the general. Yeah, there's a uh, there's like, in for Pennsylvania, the general, there's a you can just frame. vote for whoever you want. For the in the general, general, you can vote for whoever you want, so who cares? Yeah, right? but it, it would be you still wouldn't get like your party ticket, you know, for things yeah. that are unopposed. Uh, gotcha. I couldn't tell you what the, the PA thing is, but you might they might shut down switching like a month before the primaries. Hmm. Interesting. So, so you can't switch uh, in there. So, like, we also require um. You know, LPPA requires you to be a registered libertarian to vote at uh, conventions. So you said PP. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. Oh goodness. Oh yeah. Man. When did we start getting these really aggressive chirons at the bottom? When I decided that too few people were watching this show and sharing <laughs> it with their friends. So um, I'm going to keep calling people, you in the audience, dum-dums, until uh, you start sharing this show more and get us more viewers. <laughs> Look, people sold support really our audience. So you get us greater viewers. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Yeah, no, I have, I have about 10 of them, Zane, that I can uh, put up there. Um, they're just fun. And I'm going to keep coming up with stupid ones that annoy people. So, all right, what's the next? Uh, what do we got next? Zachary. And oh my gosh, where did my uh uh oh? Hey, here we go. Two of my overlays disappeared. All right. Oh, anyway. Geez. All right. This is from Stephen Hilton. Um, he sent this into our chat today. Um, Stephen, you wanna give us a brief description on what we're looking at here? Yeah, well, you know, first and foremost, this this was something that was fresh on my mind. And you know, I've I've hinted at this before, but first and foremost, look at the date on this article. For it to be fresh on my mind, it, I, I remembered immediately I needed my ibuprofen for the day. So, uh, anyways, this kind of breaks down. You know, you hear the CPI numbers as one of the main trackers of inflation. You hear all the all the talking heads on TV talk about, you know, inflation is eight percent or it's nine percent. But then common sense will tell you every time I go to the grocery store, stuff is twenty to thirty percent more expensive. Mm -hmm. But these guys on TV are only saying it's eight percent. You know, what's going on? What's the difference? And, uh, you know, I've, I've said before that it was it really started, I think it was with the Bill Clinton administration, that they changed the way some of the stuff is tabulated. So with CPI, they have, uh, you know, a substitution method. So, for instance, say the CPI. So they look at like baskets of commodities for CPI. Uh, so for one of the things for for, you know, goods for like food services or something like that, they'll, they'll look at steak. So they'll have steak in the basket and then, you know, fillets have gone up, you know, 40% in the last three or four months. But what they'll do is they'll substitute it out because they'll actually look and say, well, you know, fillets, filet mignon is up 40%, but ground beef hamburger meat is down 12%. So they'll, sub they'll swap it out and then they'll say, see, look, groceries are actually getting cheaper guys. And then, mm -hmm. and, then they'll, and they'll just classify it as beef. 
beef is mm. cheaper now. And then you go to the store, and I guess some people don't really think to like, hey, I didn't used to pay this. This costs way more than I'm used to paying. How do people not recognize that? I don't and understand. Just, and then they just believe the numbers. And then so and then there's something else called um, people with a lot of money, man. I don't know. What was it like hedonic bias? So like, hey, my washing machine. You know, I had to replace my washing machine in my laundry room last year. Uh, the same kind, you know, the same level of model, you know, just like middle of the road kind of thing. Ten years ago was a thousand dollars. Now it's yeah. thirteen hundred. Because yeah. it was a fucking dial and it just had a drum that spun around on a belt. And now it's got, a, it'll sing you a fucking lullaby. There you go. Yeah. See, and that's it. And I'm supposed to ignore the extra $300, the extra 30% increase over the last several years, just because it has extra buttons and sings me a lullaby. And <laughs> it'll send me a text message. You know, when my dryer's done. Oh, the smart washer. Message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, your smart like washer. So you know the the hedonic adjustment is what that's called too. So that's that's I want another way they kind of hide actual inflation numbers from you. So yeah. or when, by when they say the inflation, you know if they're looking at CPI and, and that kind of thing, if they if they say inflation is eight percent, it's really eighteen at least. At least. Oh, it's yeah. No, it, it it's wild what they do to man, manipulate the numbers and just redefining how they calculate inflation is is just so underhanded and no one understands no one understands it because people's eyes just glaze over they don't really get it it it's you well, know that's because they're because about, they're running off of this price inflation that. definition rather Thanks, than man. actual inflation of the monetary supply yeah 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 but yeah they're Absolutely. not they don't even have the correct definition of what inflation is which is the, the biggest problem of all <laughs> like they're yeah. not actually telling you what inflation is they think that a president can just control what inflation does well no once the money's printed, you're screwed. You, they yeah. don't, the government's not, not just going to go burn a bunch of money. Like, uh, my God. Yeah, and Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton got away with it because he added three digits to the phone numbers first. So everyone was so confused. <laughs> you know, like, I, I knew everyone's phone number <laughs> before Bill Clinton, after Bill Clinton. Like, Are you 770 or 678? I don't know anymore. <laughs> Y'all are going to have to uh, basically disregard anything I say from here on out. This blueberry wine has gotten to me. <laughs> What's the... Well, you, <laughs> really? you actually had the a really important point there, Jake, about how we need to be consistent about inflation is an increase in the money supply. A lot of people think that inflation is an increase in prices. Well, right. prices can increase for a million different reasons. Like during the, the 70s, during the, you know, the, the oil shortage. crisis. I mean, yeah. there was a lot of, don't get me wrong, there was a lot of money printing. But, you know, the the main reason that oil prices went up was that there wasn't as much oil to go around. That's right. not inflation. That's there being a supply problem. And then when there's yeah. less supply, prices go up. So it's people who have no idea. It's people that have been propagandized into not understanding what inflation is which is the federal reserve creating new money and so that allows them to d monkey around with how they calculate it for a, a, a million different ways so yeah so the cpi is defined based off of a basket of consumer goods as if you can come up with a basket of goods that represents what you think most people are going to buy when everybody buys tons of different stuff yeah. and then they just conveniently decide well 
we're not going to put this in the basket because that's not favorable to our what we want the number to be. It's cherry so picking. We're not put this in the basket because that is, you know, this thing has gone down. I think I saw in the article how they they smooth out increase in price of items in the basket that have gone up, but don't smooth the price of items in the basket that, that have fall. Gone yeah. So you're so you're biasing the average to be lower than it should be, but and then you you were saying about hedonic adjustments, you know, washing machines being better today than they are 40 years ago, which you know is a true fact. Defined like, better, yeah. Like refrigerators I, I mean, were better back in the day. <laughs> okay, I mean this is a conversation for another time, but I would go out on a limb and say most consumer goods today are better than they were 40 years ago. I but disagree. how much better? Are they 5% yeah. better? Are they 10% better? And well, first like, we need to define that, better. This is, this is something that people can only define in their own mind. Maybe you're Alden and you think that they've actually gotten worse. And maybe you're me and you think that they've gotten better. But that's for each person. Well, we need to define that's better. That's for each person. Well, yeah, you we cannot define, define better. You cannot well, define better. The concept of better is something that only exists in each individual's mind. No, and you can define that, it for the purposes. And the, the fact that the bureaucrats think that oh we can just say the hedonic adjustment for washing machines is ten percent, as if everybody agrees that washing machines have gotten ten percent better. Even like that that's a completely incoherent concept. Like it doesn't even make sense to talk that way, and it doesn't even make sense to talk about a a single price. <laughs> like uh, the, the the entire concept of the CPI is that you can define a coherent concept of the price level, but if you even think about how that would be defined, it doesn't make sense because let's imagine that you have an economy where one of the goods is a sheet cake and you can buy a big sheet cake for $50. But then if you divide the sheet cake into 50 slices that all cost $1, well, if you don't divide it, then you have one good that costs $50 and that goes into the average. But if you do slice it, then you have 50 goods that each cost one dollar that go into the average. There is no way of consistently defining what is a good that should be put into the collection of goods to define the price level. Oh my gosh, I want that. Yeah, see, Zach. Right now. The reason uh, the reason things that break are good, you know, planned obsolescence means you have to buy more stuff. Therefore, GDP goes up because you have to spend more money. There yeah, we go. The more, the more you consume, the better an economy is. We all yeah, know Keynesian. that based on Keynesian economics. Like that's that's a fact of the economic. Well, and that, that's the one thing that puzzled me with uh the first encyclical that Pope Francis put out, you know, because he's a Jesuit communist. And uh, you know, he comes out and he puts out his encyclical talking about the throwaway culture is destroying the planet. I'm like, whoa, wait a second. Okay, cool. So it's so he actually did something cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, you, you had to get past all the all the greeny stuff. Uh, you know, the, the, we got to depopulate. You know, there, there's too many people on the earth. We got to live more responsibly if we're going to have this many people. All that kind of stuff. But Stephen, I, I have a question for you. Yeah. How do you consume all this information? One, and how do you retain all of this information? Because you I, are just a wealth of random crap that I've never heard of before that happened very recently. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I retain it, but uh, you know how I got into that was um, I, I had a friend that was actually going through his Catholic confirmation, and um, we started talking about uh, you know is the Pope a communist? Yeah. And I was like, hey, well, you know, a Jesuit shouldn't be a Pope and that kind of thing. And 
you know, he brought that back to his little confirmation class and that caused some waves. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> fellow Catholics, is the Pope literally the Antichrist? <laughs> oh, Ooh. yeah. Yeah, hard to tell. But, uh, you know, th there were some things, if you, can, if you can suffer through his encyclical, it's a couple hundred pages. Um, he, he, he hit some good points in there. Uh, talking about the throwaway culture that, you know, if, if we were really truly about human development and innovation, then we would build things to last. Yeah. Yep. That is true. Completely agree. Cause we did not do that anymore. Like it's, it's crazy how many things last from like the 1970s, but die like what, things that are made in like the early two thousands are already dead. Like yeah. it's, it's things that I've bought a month ago are already dead. Yeah. I literally bought <clears throat> a piece of equipment yesterday or two days ago, it showed up yesterday Yeah, and it broke within an hour. <laughs> yeah. I, so um, I'm, I'm in my old childhood home. I have two incandescent bulbs left in here. I remember putting them in when I was nine years old <laughs> and they have outlasted. Uh, so I moved in here three years ago after my mom passed and uh, I mean, led bulbs. I, I mean the expensive GE ones that are like $9 a bulb. They've blown out. Those two incandescents are still going. China. <laughs> it's China. China. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say. Good spelling. It, but it really is, though, cheap Chinese goods. I mean, that's, yeah. that's part of it. Now. You can argue that it's it's great that a lot of these well, things. Well, go like, down to Big Lots and get you some American-made furniture and tell me how good it holds up. Yeah, well. Yeah, get, get some Swedish-made furniture, too, and see how that holds oh, up. Oh, Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know about that longest-running incandescent bulb that's in some fire station yeah. somewhere that's been yes. on since? Yeah. 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 Since yep. the what, dawn like of time. One or something like that? Something yeah, like that. It's, it's like a century long. old or more, yeah. Dude, like, come on. Give me that light bulb, for goodness sake. I want. I just want some of those right on my Part door. of why it's still running is that it's been running constant it doesn't turn off and on because then the, it stresses the filament out more and it's been running on like you know dimmed low or whatever but still over a century yeah, of running yeah, yeah. Something like, yeah it's it's been on for a century but it was the on off switch that really made it last yeah <laughs> i mean fine like if it lasts 20 years i'm you know people would be happy still like <laughs> so zach just said uh he said in this comment i'd fight the pope without hesitation and he said that he put that in the youtube chat it's like a fight club line almost him post it really <laughs> we had to go over to rumble to post it <laughs> I'd, I'd fight him with consent you know yeah i'd fight the pope that, that if, dude have you seen him in his white garish robe oh my gosh dude is, so, looks like snoop dogg Pope Francis versus oh, that, John that Paul. That picture of him with the white coat is a fake. I'm sorry to say. Is it really? Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, it's fake. What about the video of him adjusting his mask? <laughs> is that a fake? It looks. I don't know what you're talking about. It looks. <laughs> you wouldn't know. <laughs> so real. Come on. Come on. It looks so real. Is that yeah, really? Is yeah. that really fake? That's oh, definitely yeah. fake. This AI generated <sighs> image of the Pope. In a white puffy jacket. Well, see, and what makes it so believable was John Paul II walking around with a backwards baseball cap. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he was he was the people's pope. You know, he was the cool one. Every time I pictured the pope for the last six months, I pictured this. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Fake news. Fake news. I've been duped. Yeah, Thank I mean AI is just gonna F everything up. We're never gonna know what's true in about ten years. Like we're just the goal. Really face to face. Right. Yeah. 
yeah, it's wild. Okay, let's go to the next topic because uh, I'm tired of talking about inflation. <laughs> I think Zane pretty much nailed it on the on the head anyway. Hit the nail on the head. <clears throat> All right. Um, is it Tucker Carlson? Is that what's next? Uh, no, sorry. I did not mean to save this one. Um, Zach, go to the next one, please. Um, go to the next. I did not mean to save that post. There we go. That's what I want. Let's turn that volume up all the way. So historically, at least modern history, there's spoilers. But with the current level of dissatisfaction with Trump and Biden, is there any chance you see this year could be different? Uh, no, I think that uh, third party candidates are spoilers. I mean, history could potentially repeat itself again. And now more than ever, the, the idea of a third party is a threat to our democracy. This is not the time for this. I understand the frustration that the American electorate has. People always express a certain amount of frustration with the two-party system. Um, and But that's the system we have. And we are not in a position now where we have uh, two oh, candidates who equally uh, are... are um... Okay. Um, so, Zane, can you tell me when is the proper time to have a third party in an election? Like, when, when, when is that actually like not allowed to have? Yeah. Well, the fact that she's so confidently calling a third, the concept of third parties, a threat to democracy would be news to a lot of other democracies that have two more than two yeah, parties. Many like parties. Every, every country that has a parliamentary system. So like the UK, Canada, India, Australia, New Zealand, they all have more than two parties. And it's like, not that I want us, not that I want the United States to be more like those countries, but it's like, if you're in, if your worldview is that, you know, is thinking that representative democracy is, you know, the gold standard of the way to structure states, how could you be so ignorant as to think that you that a third party is completely inconceivable, even with your own, inconceivable. even within your own yeah, look, thinking about it. Look, 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 here's how it goes, Zane, right? If there's one party, you're a fascist. If there's two parties, it's democracy. If it's three parties, that's a threat to democracy. <laughs> and honestly, I thought it was hilarious and I quite enjoyed it. And yeah, I do want to be a threat to democracy. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of being a threat to democracy. I think more people should embrace being a threat to democracy. <laughs> I need to get a hat that just says threat to democracy. Oh, my God. Okay, you just, yes. No, we're getting that for libations. I'm, I'm creating some some merch right now. Put it, in the, put it in the merch store. Yeah, no, we're definitely doing that. Okay. I mean, the, the real reason she's saying that is because... You know, Republicans if, if are losers. We went through this earlier tonight. If people vote for anybody that's not the Democrat, then Trump might have a slightly higher chance of winning. <clears throat> and we all, I mean, the root of this is that anybody besides the Democrat winning is a threat to democracy in her mind. So, and <laughs> she was so she probably, I mean, all these people say that Trump is a threat to democracy. So it's like, yeah. So voting for a third party is a threat to democracy. Voting for Trump is a threat to democracy. So it's only a not a threat to democracy if you vote for the people that, that the power elite want you to vote for. So yeah, it's really see, Zane, Zane, you're using some old, outdated definition of democracy here. Democracy <laughs> means doing whatever the left tells you. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it. 
that's the thing. I mean, that's <laughs> they don't want to come out and admit it, but she pretty much just did. Like that is a so that, except she was GOP. She wasn't how, even a Democrat. Because of how transparent it is, she's saying the quiet part out loud right there. No, I it's no, it's not, she's, it's a, not, she's GOP. I don't think it's that she's saying the quiet part out loud. I think it's that she doesn't understand anything that she's saying. Like I don't Clearly. think they understand at all the concept <laughs> that democracy in their brain means doing what we consider to be the right thing. Well, it's yeah, exactly. It's it's By only way, I mean, democracy yeah. if it challenges your party taking control. Because you know, when the Republicans feel like they should be kicking ass and they're not, they only say that about third parties. Same thing with the Democrats. You know, when they when they should be kicking ass and they're not, all of a sudden, well, if it wasn't for that third party, we would have done it. Well, we, we covered wait, wait. tonight that Republicans are the party of losers, right? So, like, of no, course they do all this. You, you misspoke. It was libertarians. Well, but didn't you, we cover that Ron and McDaniel also said oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. My bad. I've so. got to go back to when Jake did a classy move, which is to pour from a decanter, but then licked the decanter, <laughs> which negated the, the class. I'm the only one here. I'm allowed to lick from the decanter. No, no, no. When my girlfriend's gone and I'm making myself a drink, I stir with my finger. Like, I, I get it. But I, I just my I finger go. when Nikki's here. You <laughs> Here's your drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make a sandwich with that knife laid on the side of the counter right beside the sink. Not in. Yeah, the peanut butter to stir your whiskey. Yeah. It's actually I'm not bad. This again, like, I'm going to lay right here. <laughs> yeah, that, that isn't bad, Alden. Little peanut butter. It's not bad. Oof, yeah, man. not bad. I saw peanut butter and jelly. Uh, peanut butter powder in uh, when they brewed an espresso, like in there with their All right. espresso grounds. Little little it nutty, like a Reese's Pieces. Oh, I'm into that. Gotta I'm try that. With that. Oh, yeah. I, I but is that a threat to democracy? I think I anything so. that that isn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it is. Yes, uh, Bernie Sanders would say that's too many choices. <laughs> You're going to confuse the people. You can yeah. only have yeah. one ration. It's either coffee or peanut butter. That's right. Yeah. Good, strong <laughs> democracy has very few choices. Uh, you know, just trust the curators at that point. You can yeah, have you government can cheese authority. in your That's coffee. We earlier in the episode. Um, yeah, uh, Stephen, you missed a whole topic um, on. Um, we had a whole conversation about Christianity and what it says in Romans 13. Oh, man. Yeah. Is everyone here but me? Christian. Well, hey, so so I, let me let me just chime um, in on that. So if, if you're going to focus in on Romans Are 13, one and ignore the entirety of chapter twelve, get yeah. out of my face. Chapter twelve is so good. I literally just read chapter twelve today. Chapter twelve is amazing. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's not get back into that because <laughs> Alden will just be bashing his head against a wall for the. No, it's okay. I'll just go get another drink. But <laughs> all right, what's uh, what do we got next, Zach? Um, oh wait, no. What is actually? I'm gonna. What's this bunch of clown things on here? What do we got? Sorry, I think I just took over your job for you for a second. Oh yeah, <laughs> Grumpy Gnome tweeted out earlier today. 2024 is not the time for third parties. If you don't like Biden or Trump, don't vote. <laughs> a line of sad clowns. <laughs> It's so good. Is that the unemployment so, office? Can we, like, can we say that this article is voter suppression? Because I guarantee yes. you, if if it came out that a conservative was behind this, all the leftists would say that it was voter suppression. But I can also hmm. say confidently that this is probably a Democrat that wrote this because most people that I, I, I think that the Democrats think 
that people that are disaffected by both parties are more likely to vote for Trump than Biden, because at least in the popular consciousness, Trump is still, you know, even, we can all say how much of how completely ineffective he was at draining the swamp, but at least the popular image of him is still that he's kind of an outsider to the system. So by encouraging people that are dissatisfied with both parties not to vote, I think that they're what they're at least trying to do is suppress people who would, who might vote for Trump. But the, this goes back to the original clip, which is when she conceded that she understands why people are frustrated with the two-party system. But of course, she doesn't want anybody to actually act on that. She just wants people to do what they've always done, which is continue to vote for the same failing parties as before and you know they'll they'll promise reform that never comes and it's like as long as they can keep everybody doing that then they never have to change because they never have any real pressure all right absolutely yeah so i think we're in agreement that journalists are definitely the enemy class well let's let's just right. well let's just dive right into that one <laughs> there's oh, real journalists. Great, that was a great segue <laughs> Um, let's go to the next. Let's go to the next topic, Zach. Um, I think uh, only traders do real journalism. Is our next topic. Uh, uh, so I'm also going to bring this guy up so he can laugh at the way he looks. Uh, <laughs> just for a second. <laughs> what? Who is this guy? That's that's the dude that wrote the article. No way. Uh, he's a of retired he's an attorney. Icon guy, loser. Get a better camera. <laughs> Golly. And don't work for Yahoo News. Former Fresno resident, retired attorney. Okay. <laughs> All right. Worse. So here's uh, here's the world famous and super respected Hillary Clinton <laughs> talking about uh, a traitorous journalist. I mean, he's like a puppy dog. You know, he somehow is, after having been fired from so many outlets in the United States, he, uh, I would not be surprised uh, if he emerges with a contract with outlet because he is a useful idiot. He says things that are not true. He parrots Vladimir Putin's uh, pack of lies about Ukraine. Uh, so I don't see why Putin wouldn't give him an interview because through him, he can, you know, continue to lie about what his, you know, objectives are in Ukraine and, and uh, you know, what he expects to see happen. It's really quite sad that not just somebody like Tucker Carlson, who has, as I said, been fired so many times because he seems <laughs> unable to. How many times were you fired? You know, correlate his. So many. Uh, how many times were you not one of those? Um, yeah, because how many times were you not even hired? Because <laughs> it's a sign that there are people in this country right now who are like a fifth column for Vladimir Putin, and why I don't know. I mean, why are certain Republicans throwing their lot in? Why are, you know, other Americans basically believing uh, Putin? Why did Trump believe Putin more than our 11 Why does she have a purse hmm. buckle I don't know. Do you have a working theory? Do you have a working theory? Why does anyone care what she says anymore? Okay. So, yeah. Great, <laughs> great point. Great point. That's, uh, that's one of my old bumper stickers right there. Defeat Osama, <laughs> Obama, and Chelsea's mama. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. That's great. Um, I mean, first of all, um, shout out to Tucker Carlson. The interview came out three hours ago um, before I watch uh, we, we couldn't watch this yet. So it's two hours long. 
he sat down with Vladimir Putin for two hours. Um, it's a two hour interview. I highly recommend go check it, going to check it out. I'm going to tomorrow. Um, yeah, on, on X. So go over to his, uh, it's just at Tucker Carlson. Super Hope he didn't go eat sushi afterward. <laughs> Could be a little polonium in there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Nick said it perfectly. Like journalism is, is the enemy of, of, of the mainstream people of, of the corporate press of, of, of actual free thinking individuals of freedom in general. All so, like, this is what they, yeah, I think we've, we think we are highlighting some good differences. Like we, uh, we covered the muckraker story earlier tonight and that's some good journalism embedding yourself with that. And actually just like, Hey, this is what I see. We see O'Keefe still doing some good work. I was watching him doing some investigation on, uh, hotels and stuff, holding, you know, with the illegal immigrants on this side of the border. Um, and then, you know, Tucker Carlson seems to be doing it right. Um, you know, he seems to be coming up with the right interviews. Uh, I haven't watched this, but I'm hoping he's going to ask the hard questions because there are hard questions to ask Vladimir Putin. Um, yep. You know, as much as like, you know, we disagree. I mean, Vladimir Putin is not a good guy. Like no one's, no one here is going to defend him as, yeah, this is a good guy. <laughs> Um, he is a government, you know, politician. Um, yep. We know what they all say. Yeah, Mac brings up another good journalist, Whitney Webb. It's great. There are good ones, but yeah, the regular corporate journalists where you get voting third party is the enemy of, <laughs> is a threat to democracy, <laughs> right? Like, well, and she was the former comms director. Was that for the RNC? For the GOP, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the comms director, like that. You know, you shape the message. You put it out <laughs> for the party. You know, she yeah. wasn't just some, like, advisor. Yep. She was the comms director. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like, Yeah, the birthplace of authentic journalism. I, it's just wild. Like, why do people think that going to have a conversation with somebody is somehow an endorsement of everything that they've done like having a conversation with people is literally how things get resolved in a piece I mean, in the most don't you want Vladimir Putin on the record in his own view in his own words don't you want him on the record uh, normal people would but the corporate journalists don't because then they have to actually contend with what he says versus the picture they try to paint mm -hmm. I mean uh, questioning the narrative of the power elite is a threat to our democracy <laughs> yes well yeah just ask michael hastings titled this episode threat to democracy <laughs> i think everything we've talked about has been a threat to democracy wasn't michael hastings wasn't he the rolling stone reporter? yeah the guy, the guy who got murdered in his car yeah 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 yeah, yeah okay. michael hastings yeah so uh, hey your opinion then uh andrew breitbart uh, did he really have a heart attack or was he hard was it podesta yeah, dude. Uh, at this point, anybody anybody who's anywhere near journalism who dies suspiciously, I just assume they were murdered. Like, there we go. Yeah, the, it's, the whole Podesta one thing was... I mean, the, the Hastings one. That dude was straight up murdered. There's just no possible way that he was driving over a hundred miles an hour down La Brea Drive and drove straight into a, a friggin' palm tree. Well, and, and there was there was a video release. The car caught on fire before it hit the tree. Oh. Yeah. it's dude it's the craziest and there's other one right uh gary webb right yeah 
Yeah, he was the one. He was the one in the '80s, right? About the Iran Contras. Yeah. Yeah, that broke the uh, the drug running. Yeah. Hey, Jeremy Renner's in a great movie about that. Yeah, I've, I've watched that. Yeah, Wait, Kill the Messenger. I think it is. What is it? Is that what it's called? Is it called Kill the Messenger? That's yes. not right. Yeah. Okay, I haven't seen that one, but I did know he was in that. Okay, interesting. I gotta go watch that now. Yeah, there we go. Zach's bringing up yeah, Seth Rich. I mean that that's clear as day that you know he was trying to get something out that he didn't like. And then there was because, uh, there's a guy you know, who's still was, alive. Um, the guy who worked, uh, who's been investigating Google for like a decade now, and his brake lines failed while his wife was driving. What was and it like, Doctor Robert Malone or whatever? Now Robert Malone talking? was the was the guy uh, with COVID. Mm -hmm. This was I, I he's been on this guy's been on Timcast a couple times. Um, but he's talking about the algorithm, right? Like how the Rogan. algorithm works. Yeah, how the algorithm works and how it it's spying on you all the time. Um, he's was, been releasing all this data for the past. Is he kind of like a big guy, or is that is that the I, guy? I don't, that... know, what he, I don't know what he looks like. Okay, there was, I just um, these episodes. There was. I'm trying to remember the name. I I remember the whole situation being referred to as the octopus, but it was Danny. Um, why can't I remember the name? I think it was some. I think it was Italianish or something. Um, yeah. I think he died uh, in a West Virginia hotel or. Um, Danny, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, now I gotta go look. Trejo. Uh, no. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know. Zane, um, you're not speaking up about all of the conspiracy theories that we are. Danny Casalero. That's what it is. And there's a Netflix special coming out on it. Ooh, I like a good Netflix special. Although there are journalists that will disappear conveniently. And there are also key eyewitnesses to certain events that will disappear oh, yeah. conveniently. I mean, we, oh, yeah. we covered a lot of that in the Las Vegas episode. I remember that yeah, one. I mean, yeah. oh, many eyewitnesses straight up died in suspicious circumstances or were certainly murdered when you're yeah. certainly when you're talking about death of individual people it becomes much easier for me to believe that it could have been a covert assassination because it doesn't take you know a really grand scheme only a couple of people need to be in the know and actually just last night i was listening to uh the new episode of the dangerous history podcast where right. the host was a providing some commentary on a declassified assassination manual uh, that the CIA had written in the 1950s. And, you know, it it was going through, like, if you want to do a secret assassination, here's all the methods that you could do. And it's like, it's something that I didn't even know, but it's like out in the open now that, like, see, the CIA attempted to assassinate Charles de Gaulle who is not just some random, you know, uh, president of yeah. some central. Yeah, American we're not country. talking Fidel Castro he, here. He was like the, like the head of the head of uh, government of a country that we were supposedly close allies with. So is it's like if the CIA would do home? that, if the CIA would do that, and that's like you know public knowledge at this point that that's something that they tried to do. There's you know, this over him. Why wouldn't these people saying? attempt to? What was that? Was this over him repatriating gold? I don't know why exactly it was, but it's like if the, if the people in charge of the CIA had no qualms about doing that, I can certainly see why they would have no qualms about you know trying JFK. to assassinate other people. And you know, my main crit yeah, I mean JFK especially. I, I I over the past couple of years, I've definitely come around on on that one because that's like, interesting. If it 
if you're talking about an assassination, not a lot of people need to be in on it. Right. And it can be very easy to cover your tracks in a way that, you know, my main critique of a lot of conspiracy series is that there is no way that this could have been pulled off without it leaking. But if you're talking about something it depends that can on be the... accomplished with a very small group of people, so... it's a lot easier to keep that under wraps for at least as, yeah. for at least long enough that nobody cares anymore. Like yeah, this the, this is what they did during one, my, my favorite example of this <laughs> happening recently is that um you know the the fact that um Hunter Biden was under investigation by the DOJ the entire time that Trump was being impeached over him asking Ukraine to investigate Hunter Biden. Mm -hmm. That was happening for years and it did not leak because if the FBI or the DOJ really doesn't want something to leak, it won't, at yeah. least not for a little while. How many times do you think Charles de Gaulle had an assassination attempt on his life? I don't know. Hundreds. Over 30 times. Is this a real number? I'm, I'm literally reading it right now. He's Charles de Gaulle almost over 30 times. Over 30 times. Napalm, As president? Napalm or? bombs. Um, I mean, countless assassination attempts. 140 bullets were shot at his car as he was traveling from um, the palace to an airport. Did he get bulletproof windows by this point? That's crazy. Jeez. They show all of the like all the bullet holes. This dude is this is wild. That's um, a lot, man. Yeah. Wow. That's oh, more yeah. than Tupac. I mean, like that's yeah. <laughs> Along the same lines, what Zane was just saying, like they do the same thing. They did the same thing during COVID. They they didn't take down, they tried to take down Rogan, but they didn't. But they took they take down anybody who has no say and no power and no notoriety. So yeah, there were countless numbers of people with a thousand followers, 300 subscribers, 400 yeah. subscribers talking about what the actual, like what the truth was that was going on. And, you know, they just disappear because they don't have a big enough following to make a stir once they get banned. And so, yeah, they do the same thing with murdering people. It's the same principle. Well, Laura Loomer was actually one of them. I mean, like she was, uh, I guess maybe she was somebody because she was a Breitbart reporter. Right. Uh, you know, she had a good following. She was on Alex Jones regularly. She was, you know, she was on some of the others and had her own thing going on too. And I remember she came on Alex Jones one time and she was talking about like, she can't even order takeout food. Like it was like Instacart, DoorDash, yeah. uh, Uber, Lyft, like none of those Venmo cash app. Like she couldn't use those at all. There was like one specific bank in town that would still do business with her. And somehow she managed to, to run for U S Senate <laughs> in Trump's district where he lives. Was, yeah. Well, yeah. House. And it was, uh, yeah, they could, she wouldn't even get verified on Twitter at that point. Like they were saying they'd uh, verify all candidates and they refused to verify her or, give her an account or anything i think um right i mean she's a yeah she's turned into she used to be like she's turned into such a whack job though yeah no she's she's a whack job like um, at one point it was like okay and then i've heard her like anything i've heard from her in the past like two or so two three years it's just been like this lady's insane well, yeah, I mean, she have, like that's a lot. Of I mean, like, well, I mean, we're talking about someone who handcuffed herself outside of the Twitter headquarters at uh, the Twitter offices in New York. <laughs> right. <laughs> so to circle back, I was trying to find this particular case. And in my notes, I've got like, well, 
a million things, but um, <laughs> Dorothy Kilgallen was apparently um, a journalist in the time of like JFK, and she said she was apparently telling some of her friends that she had was working on information that was gonna like blow the case open or whatever, and then she was found dead in her town home, apparently overdosed or whatever. Well, yeah, um, we and all drugs, Alden. Like and we, we could we could do a crossover into medical journalism too. Uh, so you had Mary's monkeys. You know, you're, you're... Pause, pause, Stephen. What? Yeah, Alden, did you have something to finish with that one? Well, I was just gonna say all her work was gone, <laughs> and you know it well, was she burned it right before she killed her. Oh yeah, conveniently, <laughs> right? And yeah. I was yeah. gonna cross pollinate this with um, when um, Marilyn Monroe died around the same time. It was ruled a robbery but nothing was missing from her apartment and she was like you know two taps to the head kind of thing like or whatever and anyway it's there's layers of this even just within the one case just with the jfk of like all there's so many key eyewitnesses that were uh attacked or threatened or breaks went out or like shot in the head and like ruled a robbery but nothing was taken or like just a suicide but all the research is missing or whatever i'm just saying yeah yeah, well, and then so around here in Metro Atlanta, within the last 10 years, I don't remember the exact year, there's a guy named Dr. Bradstreet that came out and said that he got his, I think it was a stepson, got him off the spectrum. Uh, you know, the boy was autistic and he was treating him with some kind of, it was like a GCMAF protein, I think it was. I, you know, you'll have to research this. I'm going off the top of my head here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he just, he's going out for a jog one morning and just decides to go face first in the creek. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, and just as, as one does. I mean, I get those. Well, but then, too, then the weird part was crazy. there was like 10 or 15 other naturopathic doctors that were looking for natural cures to things like autism and cancer that were on the cusp of some groundbreaking stuff. And they all die, too. Yeah, we're not supposed to not cure just things. coincidence. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was like there was four of them, at least in the state of Georgia, that you know committed suicide within three, three to six months of each other. Mm. Or ah, people that I, file I, for I, patents I, for water-based cars water-based cars yeah. yeah yeah there's so many of those videos coming out on on youtube now and on instagram and all sorts of stuff those are hard to vet i i mention them yeah. sometimes but they um they're hard to know if they're actually real they i mean they're given some of them are given patents for various steps in the process for the engine right or whatever, but like, but, but like a, a patent doesn't require you prove anything i understand that's why i said idea. it's hard to vet yeah yeah yeah, like, uh, I mean, the problem with water-based cars, at least right now, is it takes way more energy to actually split the water into the component hydrogen and oxygen atoms than you actually get out after you've done that. So it destroys energy. Which, which, is, which is, is a law of thermodynamics. Like, you can't wait. create energy out of nothing. So. Wait, I think we but, just saw baby Isaac. Do we just see baby Isaac? Multiple times, I, th- I feel like it's still interesting. Hey, right Hi. Hey, Mary. Oh, yeah. I, did. I said, turn off your camera, and he said, turn it off, and I'm like, yeah. And he didn't turn it off. Oh, Look so. at the baby. I'm wearing him because he had been crying the whole time you guys were doing your podcast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Put your head over there, guy. There, there we go. go. Baby. Oh. Look at the baby. Oh my yeah. gosh. There we go. Oh. Little ginger boy. You'll have to catch him early with his Mr. evil Isaac. Oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Isaac. Welcome to the show, buddy. 
<laughs> that was great. That was great. Um, yeah, I mean, Zach says beautiful family. Beautiful yeah. family. Heck Thank yeah. You. Um, y'all, all this leads literally. I mean, everything we've talking uh, we've talked about tonight has been very synergistic with uh, with what I've planned for us to talk about next. So, Zach, let's go to the next one. Is it another threat to democracy? Uh, no, it's uh, the CIA creating a new world. Oh, okay. It's the CIA being a South American country that has had its government overthrown by the CIA since 1947. Costa Rica in 1948. Guatemala in 1954. El Salvador, 1979. Nicaragua, 1981. Panama, 1989. Paraguay, 1954. Brazil, 1964. Peru, 1968. Chile, 1973. Uruguay, 1973. Argentina, 1976. And Venezuela in 2002. Many of these were perceived as ideologically opposed to the United States, were leftist dictatorships, or were some combination of the two. I mean, <laughs> so yeah. First off, uh, shout out to El Salvador for reelecting Bukele. Yes, shout out to El Salvador. Bravo. But I, I thought Venezuela was supposed to be a right wing dictatorship. I'm I'm confused by everything. Stephen, why why does CIA <laughs> want to change this? I don't I don't get it. Right. <laughs> why would the CIA overthrow the commies in Chile and install? Uh, <laughs> I mean, know. it's oh yeah. Well, and, and Zane, you mentioned the dangerous That's history. Right. I, you know, let, let's get into the United Fruit Company becoming Chiquita. <laughs> right. You know, like hey, let's just re rename it. All the sins go away if we just have a different name. <laughs> Yep. Well, that's that's what happens when Bayer buys Monsanto, right? Right. I mean, who like how is Bayer still around? They literally began their company by murdering a bunch of Jewish. Zyklon B. Yeah. That's yeah. how you get your start, you know. They the murdered chlorine gas. They murdered what, like six hundred Jewish women. Um, Wasn't that another trivia question that we talked about? Well, and, and look at you. You got you got to track it all down too, because now that Monsanto has bought Bayer, yeah, we we, we have, is it that we, way? We do have to thank them. For no, that. Bayer bought Monsanto. They, they invented yeah. Bayer, so we got to thank them for that. There we go. Yeah, yeah. But since Monsanto <laughs> bought Bayer, uh, Ig Farben has almost reassembled, which what? was the bit that was the big Nazi pharmaceutical company. Like you know, there was two of them that just went totally belly up not long after they got split together. But okay. then, you know, through a series of different, you know, splits and mergers and accumulations, IG Farben is almost reassembled in modern day Monsanto. Well, they've it's... really got all the infinity stones. All <laughs> 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 oh, they have to do is snap their fingers and you get Roundup cancer. Like, <laughs> yeah. my, my, my biggest question with this one is like, if, if we see the CIA doing this and we know that they've done it in that many countries on our continent and the continent connected to ours, why do people find it so impossible that the CIA would conduct similar operations within the United States? They're not supposed to on paper, and but they <laughs> fucking do, yeah. Yeah. Well, they and back to overthrowing the... any government, right? I mean, and, I mean, that's only the South America governments. I mean, we're not even talking about Iran overthrowing uh, Mossadegh. Or, well, uh, and, well, and I and I hate to say it like this too, but Jesus wouldn't let it happen. <laughs> no way, you know. Like that's the, your average Republican, right? Is just yeah, because uh, Jesus doesn't let kids get cancer or uh, any other bad things in the world. That's exactly right. It never you know, happens. I'm, we're talking about the blonde hair, blue eyed Jesus that votes Republican. That's America. <laughs> 
Steven. He didn't let Nikki Haley win. So. <laughs> oh, I mean, man. It goes back also to, to like, uh, you know, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, right? Um, if you've ever read that. Mm-mm. Anyone? Nope. No. Well, well, basically, you know, the whole story, the whole story on that, um, the author, John Perkins, he worked for, you know, one of these international consultant agencies. They go around, they sell a country on, you know, hey, here's this infrastructure plan, World Bank, IMF, here's your loans. And then basically, oh, you're going to, you're going to pay, you know, they sell you a product that you're never going to be able to pay for. Mm-hmm. And then they come in and the American companies loot everything for, uh, for all it's worth. And, um, yeah. you know, there's the whole talk in that book was, you know, if said leadership of the country wouldn't, you know, comply to the, uh, Hey, you're going to do this to us, the, uh, the veiled threats then the quote unquote jackals would come in behind them. <laughs> I love a good jackal. <laughs> Yeah, that's like this is exactly what they did to um, the Congo in the fifties, I think, where you know they had a prime minister who maybe was a little bit of a commie. I don't know that much about him. I think his name was Lou Mumba, but the CIA didn't like him because he wasn't playing ball. So they overthrew him and executed him pretty much, and then they installed a new guy that approved this huge infrastructure project where they were going to build like these power lines across the entire country. But it's like before the, before the entire project was even done, the, or the part of the lines that they had built first were already so rusted that they didn't even work. So they had <laughs> a completely useless power grid and had gone billions in debt. And, you know, the, all, all the Western companies made bank, all yeah. the leadership of the Congo made bank because they're not personally paying for it, obviously. But you know, they, it really ruined the country. They're well, using ungalvanized steel and like a hundred percent humidity jungle or whatever. And but like a lot of this has reemerged even with like uh for Alex Gladstein's IMF and uh World Bank folks and the whole Bitcoin community talking about um mm. Bangladesh, where you know, instead of you know basically subsistence farming. You know, they get the population gets sold out to the point where, uh, you know, the the country's um, expected to produce shrimp. So now the fields that were producing crops have turned into saltwater shrimp habitats, meaning you're never going to grow anything there again because you've salted the land. And then Mm -hmm. you're importing, you know, the shrimp overseas and you're forcing these people who were growing and create and making their own food. To basically then have to take what little meager money they get after you know the government takes their cut and everyone else takes their cut and you know the poor farmers get their little bit to then have to go buy food from somewhere else to cover um you know these crazy projects and it's all kind of this interconnected web of insanity uh, wow. and these companies that'll do this kind of thing they guess they get a fine that is so much smaller than the profits that they make when they do it. So they're incentivized to just do it again. And so then you get like Exxon Mobil has done this with like different countries. I think the Ivory Coast or whatever, and they make these huge deals and they come set up. They it's like a pump and dump kind of thing, you know, as far as like an oil pun there. But um, and then they make a mess of the land and they because it's not it's not the United States soil. There's no one that's going to be like, you know, the NIMBY effect, the not in my backyard thing. So they're 
no one's like cares here you know, enough that if they're destroying it. So they don't have the same rules and they don't follow the same things and they cut a lot of corners and so they destroy the land. They mm -hmm. can't, you know, they drink their fresh water or grow anymore because, you know, it's so polluted. And yeah. then they leave and then they have these like accounting errors where they're like, oh, we, we haven't been able to track what we owe you. Whoops, sorry, we'll get back to you. And then they never do. And then they get a fine that's like $10 million. And it's like they made billions of dollars like and so they don't care about 10 million or whatever i'm making up numbers but it's percentage wise about the same fucking laughable amount well, and they and, just and set up shop up in another to, country there's local municipalities here in the state of georgia that you know you'd be shocked if you do have any you know you have to do deliberate searches to look for the stuff but they have sanitary sewer lines you know big old trunk lines of just city doo-doo just leaking into creeks and streams and rivers and it's cheaper for them to pay the fine yeah, then to fix it. Everything. Yeah. Well, y'all. And, yeah. and it doesn't make front page news. You know, it's, it's tucked in the back and you look at it like, oh, you've been leaking 10,000 gallons a day for the last nine months. Fantastic. Right. <laughs> yeah. I swim Wonderful. there. <laughs> that explains a lot. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. I think that's it for the uh, serious political talk for the evening. Um, some, get some sillies. It, let's get some sillies. Um, happy to have the five originals back on the show for once. We don't get this very often, so appreciate <laughs> y'all coming on. Um, Glad to be here. It's been yeah, fantastic. Man. Oh, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's watch some stupid things real quick. Um, stupid things. Yeah. <laughs> Just watch the cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! It took me a second to realize what was happening. Me man. too. The second time I like locked it in, but the first time I was really unsure what was going on. All right, so this is a toilet that uh, every Italian needs in their house. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> it's got the like Vesper on it. That's awesome. The handle literally flushes the toilet. Hey, when that cost ten percent more in five years, I mean that's incredible. That is some yeah. fantastic innovation right there. <laughs> All right, best dad joke. Here we go. I told my wife I could make a car out of spaghetti. You should have seen her face when I drove past her. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Come on. That, oh. so that only works with a British or Australian accent. That was so bad Pasta. Pasta. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Then we're gonna end the night with uh, some Brian Callen, some great political humor here. Choose to be a liberal or a conservative. I think it chooses you. I do. I think you have a series of personality traits that you didn't choose that just cause you to align right or align left. I think a society runs that way because there are certain jobs that require somebody who's more, I don't know, intuitive and run by their heart and emotional and open to change, you know? 
And then there are people who don't like change. They're way more mathematical and practical. And they don't like this fucking wishy-washy stuff. Do you believe in positive reinforcement? I believe in fucking punishment because there's a right way and there's a wrong way. And some people are like, that's great, but I mean, can't we just stay open to all possibilities? <laughs> Liberals are like, let's adopt that dog. And conservatives are like, who's gonna fucking walk it? <laughs> and I think, I think we need each other. I don't think you choose to be a. <laughs> so that is, first of all, the body work that he's doing on this is hilarious. Perfect. Yeah. And it like really makes that bit. But I yeah, do think that there's sense. a lot of truth to this. And I do think that the, when you get out of the political sense of it, when you get into like the, like what Jordan Peterson would maybe describe as like liberal and conservative and like ways of like thinking and feeling in the world more, you know? Yeah. Um, I do think we need each other. I think that we balance each other out. I think we're parts of a whole and we have this like winner take all, like I'm right, you're wrong thing. And it's like, no, you idiot. Like you think one way and you keep us in check on one thing and you know, they keep you in check, whatever. Like it's supposed to be that like we're all different and we're all supposed to like, get different jobs so like play to your strengths like you like don't make the sensitive artsy person go to war you fucking idiot like don't do that like and don't make the fucking jarhead like paint paintings unless that's what they also want to do but like hold on yeah, you know it was the greeks that were able to fend off persia you know all right i, mean, I, I picked bad examples yeah right <laughs> I picked that whatever whatever but the thing is like play to your strengths and whatever it's parts of a whole is what I'm saying it's like but we have the winner take all thing or whatever you know, uh, you know well, I, I think that you're a threat to our democracy oh yeah <laughs> I'm used to that that's okay you know you know Badge what favorite part of this episode has been y'all it's the fact that it looks like Alden's screen is glowing onto my face <laughs> it kind of does. Got the blue, go. blue that, yeah, right onto my face. You like, got like I'm, a monitor over there. We should like time it to where like well, I, put, I turn I put my, my lights this week. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I got the I got the orange and the blue, complementing colors. Nice. You have an actual background behind you, Jake, or is that green screened? Green screen. Nice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, believe it or not, it's not the end of the world with Bitcoin rocket going up into the sky. <laughs> it's a rocket that's just paused. Yeah, <laughs> or Bitcoin moon or sun or whatever you want to say. Uh, Grumpy says good night, yo. Good, good night, Grumpy. Night, Grumpy. Night, Grumpy. Um, well, y'all, this has been a great episode. Really, like I said, really enjoyed having everybody back. Um, it's yeah. been a while since we've had everybody on the show. Um, yeah, love you guys. Um, anybody out love there you guys. watching? Um, there are a few of you, so congrats for making it all the way to the end. Um, you you just sifted through a bunch of you BS get to get to this point. <laughs> a crate of rabbit eye wine. No. <laughs> Great, Josh. We've got to uh, we've got to get them as a sponsor. I'm going to talk to you about that. <laughs> um, all right, free Georgia podcast every Monday night at 8 p.m. And as Zane would love for me to tell you, the Wrexham Texan every Sunday at noon. <laughs> um, and come back every week for more Liberty Libations. We'll, we'll see y'all next week, y'all. Peace. Cheers.